Good morning, X-Files listeners. This is Dean with LSU Media. So obviously you guys are going to hear some uh, pretty big, uh, Some uh, obviously this episode contains a big announcement material about um, the future or lack thereof of the X-Files podcast. But um, before any of that, I just wanted to pop in real quick because I was thinking about this post-recording, but um, I wanted to say that there is some missing episodes from the feed from season 10 and 11. I am aware and I am trying to recover those episodes. I don't know what happened. I switched hosting companies and did the whole transfer thing. And I'm thinking some of them didn't make it over. Um, I'm getting reports of some missing episodes. Um, I've been digging through old hard drives because <laughs> some of these episodes go way back and I'm attempting to locate those episodes. So this is, in fact, the last episode, which we're going to talk about pretty much from the beginning of this episode, and um, hopefully this doesn't come as a super shock. I mean, the title of the episode should be a bit of a should be a bit of an indicator. But uh, other than that, there are some missing episodes. So what will happen is any of those missing episodes and any of those unpublished episodes, I think we have a couple. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken... We have, oh God, I want to say Bad Blood, How the Ghosts, I don't even know the end name of that episode, How the Ghosts Stole Christmas, I think it's called. And then, of course, um, Paper Hearts, I think, all uh, in Triangle, maybe. So there's some episodes still to be released, which were recorded some time ago. Those will be released within the feed where they would be in the feed, if that makes sense. So I'm going to keep this episode at the top of the feed and then anything like season five season six will fall directly under this episode so it might be a little confusing but now you'll kind of know why when you start looking at the feed because i want i want them i don't want this episode to get pushed down in the feed because i don't want to confuse people as to what's going on with the show so you will see some episodes i am attempting to recover um and uh, you'll see those starting to appear in the feed over the next couple of weeks I just asked for some time because I've been pretty busy and uh, I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to find them all and I'm trying to get them all to make sure I can get them back in the feed. And uh, there are some I just might not be able to find. And if that's the case, then they're just not going to go in, which is super unfortunate, but I, I'm trying my best. Believe me, I hate losing content like this. It drives me crazy. So I will be, uh, I'll be on the lookout for that stuff. So there we go. I'm going to step aside and let the episode do the talking. Broadcasting from a dark basement office, the FBI's most unwanted presents the X-Files podcast. Well, here we are. We're back for the uh, season four finale of uh, the X-Files podcast, Josh. And yeah. uh, how, are you, how, are, <laughs> how are you doing today? <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Great. Really. <laughs> I'm um you know I'm not I'm not on the second week of a head cold. I'm not uh I'm not mopey and upset. Everything's Two good. Two weeks is brutal. Everything's good. You know what? I mean, you work too many hours. You're not getting enough sleep. You shouldn't be sick for two weeks, kid. You want to hear what's almost worse is that I did a sober march. Like I want to get healthy. I'm gonna fucking like I'm gonna oh, do two that's sober months a year. Sick. That's why I'm sick. 100%. I'm fucking. You literally, this happened to you before. Yeah. When I did Sober September, I, yeah, I think it's you, a sign. I, we might need to get you in a program. 
if you're getting yeah. sick well <laughs> i think the program is called don't stop drinking yeah i think the program is go to the packy store and that's not racist by the way that's what we say in new england i know you know there's like people from pakistan oh pack <laughs> the, the uh are i think UK that's a british listeners. thing they call people from pakistan packies but the packy yeah. a packy run in new england has always been go to the package store Anyway, so here's a, there's two announcements this week. Um, the first is that seasons 10 and 11 seem to have be, seem to be giving people trouble on the feed. We did seasons 10 and 11, and we're only seeing some of the episodes, I think for 11, I don't know why. Um, it's super fucking aggravating. Fortunately, I do have a fucking, uh, I have a hard drive somewhere that I'm going to dig out that has that shit on it and try to re-upload them if that is in fact the case. And, uh, and, uh, of course this is being recorded live on Mixler, which is LibertyStreetGeek.net slash live. And now, <clears throat> announcement two is, uh, well, announcement two is going to be a little bit difficult, I think, for people to hear. But, um, I'm going to give it at the front of this episode because the way I look at it is, let's have some fucking fun. <laughs> and here's, and here is that, here's that announcement. I've actually written it down because I wanted to get my thoughts clear on this entire thing. And, uh, and I'm just going to kind of read it off to you guys and kind of go from there. So here it goes. <clears throat> well, I hate to pull a Ziggy Stardust, but the time has come for me to hang it up. So what am I saying? Well, this is going to be the last X-Files recording done by LSG Media. And uh, my hope is that there are some ambitious listeners out there who want to pick up where we are leaving off, uh, maybe some new voices uh, in the space, so to speak. And uh, to be clear, for me... The material has kind of run its course, and, uh, and I know this may come as a surprise to some of you, but trust me when I tell you that if I were to continue the show, it just is not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same effort. It hasn't been the same effort. It's been a dwindling effort for a while now. And uh, when I say effort, I want to be very clear that I'm talking about me here and not my co-host, Josh. Um, you know, I could blame my schedule or the decreasing availability. I could blame time. I could lay it at the feet of many different things like this, but it just kind of boils down to my willingness and desire to do what's necessary. And, uh, and despite my desire to entertain what is maybe the coolest listener group I've ever had the pleasure of knowing, I just don't have a desire to press on in this capacity. And, uh, and I apologize. Um, you know, when I started LHG, I told myself, and I've told many podcasters this, I said, listen, if your desire for what you're doing starts to go away and you find yourself obligated or not having fun or, or whatever, whatever it happens to be, then hang it the fuck up. Because um, I think we all tend to do this a little bit, but, but I'll continue to focus on myself. And that's, um, I hang in on things longer than I really should sometimes. Um, from my personal to my professional life, I've done it for many years and I'm kind of getting to a point in my life where I'm just not going to do that anymore. And, um, and the good news is you can still hear me on the wash drive-in, kirking off, etc. And uh, of course, you can hear Josh over on his um, actual play podcast, Nasty Grant, which of course he started. It's doing very well. And um, he's got a ton of hours of shit over there already. Now, it, it's called an actual play podcast. I think sometimes they call it TTRPG. But um, my hope is that all of you guys give those shows a listen. Um, there's, there's still plenty of content out there that both Josh and I are producing. Um, I'm going to obviously keep the Facebook group open, but, uh, I don't plan to respond to any social media inquiries about this stuff. Cause you know, me and social media, but you're more than welcome to email me if you want to Dean at libertystreetgeek.net. If you're a listener and you're like, Hey, I want to start an X-Files podcast. I would love to do something like this by all means. I think you should do that. 
and um, and I will offer you any advice. I'll, I'll talk to you on uh, a call if you want to get on a Facebook call, whatever. If you need help starting something, I would be more than happy to, to help do that. And uh, and yeah, man, it's been six full seasons just about. It's been a long journey. Um, I wanted to end clean on the end of a season, not in the middle of one, because that's shitty. Um, I did that for The Walking Dead. <laughs> Ended in the middle of a, se- of a, uh, a show, but 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 alas, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you guys. And of course, to quote the great late Douglas Adams, so long and thanks for all the fish. And that's it. That's it. I don't want to drop it on you at the end of the episode and be like, see ya, bye, haha, and run away. I wanted to say it up front. We're going to have fun with, I don't even know how to say it, Gethsemane, I think, and, uh, and go from there. So obviously the, um, the feed will stay open. The episodes will still be available. You can still jump on Facebook. I encourage you guys to start a show if you want to. Um, it's a ton of fun. I will help you do that. And, uh, and I want to just be completely clear when I say that, um, you know, this, this, this decision, the buck stops with me. So, you know, don't, if you're upset about this, don't go after Josh about it. I can assure you, you were directing your attention in the wrong way. You can come see me if it bothers you. I'm not going to respond on social media because I hate it, but feel free to email me. Love you guys very much. Thank you. And that is that. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there you it's have a bummer. I'm 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 bummed, but also totally understand that's the uh you know exact right sentiment is what I said to Dean. Like you you, you gotta have that approach. That is what it is, you know, and um I'm thrilled to have been a part of this. It's you know, it's it's been a great thing to do with you know, I mean I've been I do I was thinking about this. We've been friends for twenty five years. I think I met mm-hmm. you, I think I think it was I was thirteen. Something like that. When I first met you. So, um, but it's been fucking a cool thing to do. I had never had any interest or awareness of fucking podcasting really before. I'd never listened to a single podcast before you started a podcast. And then I never even thought about what, what it would be to do one until we started talking about it and dabbling with it and fucking whatever. And, um, I am, you know, I am sad, um, to have uh, our X-Files run end, but I am thrilled for the times that we had with it. And, uh, you know, it also led me to, you know, this thing, Nasty Graham thing has become very important, not because the show is, you know, fucking breaking down uh, records and, and, you know, (laughs) incredibly successful, but I think it's a fucking great product, but it's also become a big part of my life in, in, a thing that I'm creating with, with friends that we want to sustain. And it, you know, it's been a, been a cool thing. So, Indeed. um, shit continues. And, uh, I absolutely echo, um, th- this community has, w- was really, I mean, it's the only thing that kept me has kept me on Facebook and it's the only thing that will continue to keep me on Facebook. I haven't had a ton of time to think about stuff, but I would like to, you know, continue in some sort of community involvement. I know when, um, when you guys stopped doing Walking Dead, I know that like Matt tried to do sort of like a kind of like still touched on it, kind of talked like covered episodes, very like not as a podcast, but I don't know whether it's that, whether it's doing an occasional watch along, a group watch along. Um, I, uh, I, I, I want to stay connected with you guys that are, that have been listening, that are part of the, part of that Facebook community, especially, um, because it is a very cool group. So stay tuned to the, to, uh, I mean, the fee will be there to listen to, but stay on, uh, stay on the group 
if you're a part of it and let's continue to hang out and talk X-Files and all the adjacent shit. And, you know, we'll think of ways to keep interacting and talking about the show one way or another, even if, it, if, if it's not a bi-weekly podcast. Well, there you go. All right. Um, and then the next thing I want to do is I want to talk about, um, um, what we're covering today. So we're going to talk about Gethsemane. Am I saying that? I actually had to Google how to say it. I had to Google what it was. So I don't even, Oh, I didn't even do that. What is it? <laughs> it's a garden. Uh, <laughs> it's where, where Jesus got roped up by the Romans. Oh, really? So like, yeah, where they, it's, it's you a, mean where they bang the cross into the ground? That's called the, Geth- the Gethsemane. No, it's like literally where he was chilling with his peeps. And then, uh, Oh, when he got Judas grabbed, sold them out. Yeah. It's like a garden at the base of, uh, at the, a garden at the foot of the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. So are we trying to say Mulder's fucking Christ? Because he got sold out? Well, well. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Are they trying to say Scully's Judas? God damn. <laughs> That's pretty fucked up, actually. <laughs> They're disclaiming his... Well, I'm sorry in the podcast, but no, before that, and we're going to talk about um, uh, Mikey Marinara, Mikey Angelari. He, um, he also has a podcast, but as you know, on the Facebook group, he's been doing this cool fucking... Uh, what am I doing? Um, the, uh, the March Madness, the monster mash, <laughs> which is pretty cool. So he created all these neat dossiers and all these badass fucking monsters, fucking monsters. And, um, and yeah, he, um, he, uh, he did like a March Madness and we've got our final four. And as promised, we're going to talk a little bit about those final four, kind of like just a, I guess you'd call it a free form, a little chit chat. And, uh, and that's that. But, um, but, uh, let's dive into Gethsemane. <laughs> Geth, Gethsemane? Gethsemane. 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 Yeah. Gethsemane Sam. Ooh, yeah, I put, hate that put, fucking Jesus. Put a TH and an <laughs> S next to each other because you fucking hate the English language. Gethsemane. Yeah, exactly. Gethsemane. You have to pause, right? Otherwise, it just Geth- doesn't work. Gethsemane. Takes me back to being 11 years old and doing speech therapy for a lisp. Very cool. Oh, that. You had that? I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Nice. Yet well, another thing that. Set me up for success. <laughs> no, you, you do a fight. But, um, a long, but, um, a speech, speech, speech impediment, a black trench coat, a lot of things had me rolling strongly into my early yeesh. adolescence. Excellent. <laughs> so, Gethsemane. Man, I actually took notes this week because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I have two pages, two pages in one, two, three, four, five sentences of notes. Two pages and Look five sentences. For me, is a lot of notes for a television coverage. I just yeah. got to be honest with you. That's a lot. Yeah. This is like, that's old school, like <laughs> seven <laughs> years ago, kind of notes. <laughs> <laughs> notes on the pod. Um, but I, I got uh, a lot too. I, you got a lot too? Nice. I got a lot well, too. Hopefully you have the ones I don't have, because I don't have all of the ones I probably should have. Meh. But um, But dude... It's a season finale, and I didn't really remember this episode. I know it's going to come as a shock to you people, but I don't remember this fucking at all. I, oh, wait. I didn't remember it. I'm sorry. Can I yeah. interrupt you for one second? By I, all Because you just... Sorry, sorry, sorry. But you shut out Mikey Marinara and his podcast, but I don't know if you dropped the title. Oh, I didn't. So, I just said... Well, I wanted to tease it like when we get to the results, but yes, you are correct. Oh, oh um, I'm sorry. You but you can do that. Podcast. Yeah, shout out the title. Go for it. All right. So if you haven't checked it out, it's new. He's got, I think he's got four or five apps up there. The Chips Groove podcast and, uh, very cool. And basically, uh, five apps, five apps, five apps. Um, essentially is a, what do you call a review, a video game soundtrack review. 
and um, does a great job. It's well produced. It's tight. It's um, solo podcast, but conversational. And um, it's very cool. It's very, very cool. So check it out. Yeah. And um, how would you, the, the artwork's amazing. First of all, and uh, I'm I'm excited about it. I think he he um I think I might be appearing on that show at some point um to talk some video game music, which is kind of neat. And it's I'll tell you what, dude, video game music is like real business now. Like with the sophistication of games, like they're like fucking film composers that do it. You know, like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like Clint Manziel is a fucking big time composer. He did the music for Mass Effect, and you're just like, god damn, that's that's like yeah. wild. When you think about that, right? I'd be like, oh, John Williams did the music for the latest fucking Grand Theft Auto. I know that's really a mismatch, but you know, <laughs> like, could you imagine? That's fucking Halo? cool. Halo? I could see John Williams doing some Halo soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, he could do it. He could definitely pull off Halo. But, um, but dude, so we open on this very real um, TV clip, the um, NASA Symposium of 1972. Did you yeah. ever watch that? Obviously, we neither of us were alive. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. Whenever I can say that, I say it. I wasn't <laughs> alive when this aired. Thank God. But uh, I did not watch it, but I kind of want to. It's on YouTube. It's like 24 minutes. No shit. Yeah. I, I, my, my first line of notes was blah, 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 NASA Symposium. Not literally. And I said, some nerd talking about contact with ETs. And then I was like, wait, is that nerd Carl Sagan? It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Carl Sagan on television, yeah. which is kind of cool. But um, but can I just get your opening impressions on Gethsemane before we move into this properly? Yeah. Um, uh, opening impressions without final thoughts, without actually Please. kind of giving a, a review or uh, scoring it. I mean, I, I think there's a lot to like in this episode and sure. especially, dude, talk about coming out of the gate strong, like in the first three minutes, you have this really cool, like watching, watching this old video and then a, a cool, well shot crime scene thing that has tension and stake Scully walking in and then this, you know, the credits and then this fucking epic, like helicopter over the snow snowy mountains i mean it's it it, it starts big like a great like in three minutes we have three pretty kind of epic in their own i don't know epic three uh attention grabbing little sequences Mm. that are like pull you in and and set the stakes of like okay like we're fucking going for it this week yeah i mean we we we, we're we're setting up major (laughs) revelations so it seems like you said, the yeah. opening three minutes, and then to come back after the credits to be helicoptering over the Yukon territory is really fucking cool, right? Like seeing, like, the second we go to a remote location, my ears kind of perk up, or I guess more like my eyes do. Can your eyes perk up? You get my point. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm, I'm excited. Like, I want to know, okay, fuck, we're going to a remote location. We got snow. I'm interested. Remote, remote mountain, some weird fucker is going to be afoot, and I'm looking forward to it. But basically- Let me- so some of the go ahead. I was going to ask you a question about the crime scene little part. Yeah, not that we have to go through every scene, but uh, since it is kind of a big part of setting up the episode, what did you think about like not? Do you feel like it was fuckery or or well done tension to not show the body? Not fuckery at all, because not for a second did I think it was Mulder because no, I didn't remember. E- even though it quote unquote is Mulder. Even though, quote unquote, is Mulder, I was like, whoa, cool. Spoiler I thought for alert, sure, there's seven more seasons, but. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, we know it's not Mulder, but um, but I thought it was, uh, and maybe that's why it's less fuckery because no one in the right mind thinks Mulder's dead, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I, yeah, I do think it contributed well to the ambiguity of like, obviously it's Mulder's apartment. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, the assumption is that it's Mulder, but it still keeps enough like, oh shit, maybe it's not. Cause obviously they didn't kill Mulder. It almost gets you, I would say it almost, it, it almost gets the, the buy off twice because you're like, oh my God, that could be Mulder. And then you're like, well, it, it, it's not Mulder. Of course they didn't kill Mulder. And then at the end when Scully's like, yeah, Fox Mulder committed suicide. Or, or mm-hmm. fuck them all that died of a parent gunshot wound. You're like, holy shit. Cause even holy if you're fuck. like, well, I know there's another episode or another season. You didn't necessarily know that back then. And right. no matter what, it raises the stakes of, uh, okay, wh- wh- what the fuck? What do you, and, how are you going to get yourself out of this one, Chris? And, <laughs> and not just that, but you're kind of going, who the fuck is it? Like once you, once you have that, like what you described, holy shit, is that Mulder? No, it can't be. The next thought is, well, who the fuck is it? That's yes. the exciting part to me. Who is it? Yeah. Um, but but the setup with Scully basically saying, you know, reminding us, I'm, I was set up to analyze Fox. I was to in, into his investigations, his paranormal shit. I came to report on the illegitimacy, her words, of Mulder's work, right? Um, she describes how he became a victim over the years of his own false hopes and belief in the biggest of lies. Uh, of lies, excuse me. Now, to, to, to your point, outset of this and a lot of times my opinion will will change over the course of an episode a podcast episode because of the discussion that happens maybe a point i miss or for better or for worse but um but there's a lot i liked about this episode um i know that some of the i know there's a little bit of facebook chatter about the mythology gonna go and cuckoo um i watched this episode twice and i thought it was more cuckoo the first time around than the second time around but um but we can talk about is the mythology starting to go cuckoo but um, but really, what I think I like about this episode is some of the thought-provoking discussion that occurs between Mulder and Scully, and less about the mythology, and even, honestly, man, less about the plot this week. I'm way more interested in the discussions between Mulder and Scully about belief. And, uh, and as those scenes crop up, I'm sure we'll get in there and get our hands dirty. But that was what stood out to me as being good this week, um, just the ideas, as it were. Yeah, the ideas and the the conflict. The, the conflict. I mean, by far the most interesting conflict. Like, I mean, you said it, you know, as, as discussion. But is the conflict between Mulder and Scully like that's more interesting to me as a viewer than between Scully and this guy Critchko? I mean, that, that's still interesting. The shadowy figure, mm-hmm. you know, the shadowy <laughs> operative. That's always interesting. And yep. what's going out on this mountain? Again, it's interesting, but. What is the most interesting? Seeing Scully and Mulder like coming to come into a head, seeing this relationship like really, like uh, are we like are is X Files gonna be over? You know, yeah. or or bringing that idea up like is this there when Scully says I'm not going with you, mm-hmm. like you know that obviously that means more than I'm. You know, there, there's more weight to that than I'm not going out on another stupid fucking, I'm not going out on this particular dumb wilderness trip of yours, unplanned <laughs> right. wilderness trip that you love to throw at me. It's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not, I'm putting other things at a priority over this. And when you hear Scully talk about the illegitimacy of Mulder's work, you know, like in your head, you're like, okay, she's, she's fronting. She's, 
this is, you know, she's trying to misdirect them, like whatever. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you know, part of you maybe in your mind is making excuses for like, well, it can't be, it can't be that. It can't be Scully, like, you know, fucking saying that Mulder's work is bullshit, right? Right. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. my concern is with the conclusion of the X Files podcast that you cry on your couch and I have to go identify your body one day. I don't want that to be the case. <laughs> You know, not that I would ever call you work bullshit, but <laughs> shortly after the cancellation note was intended. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think uh, I think that's the point, right? It is their relationship comes to a head, and and uh, and it and it really comes down to belief. And Scully just kind of going, eh. and um, and yeah, you know, uh, Olivia in the chat saying Scully refusing to go is that the betrayal? It's interesting because because. It, you know, I would say, I would say that Scully deciding to create a personal boundary for a fucking change with this maniac is not betrayal. It's really her taking control of her own life, to be frank. But I think the writing is, I think the betrayal is supposed to be her refuting Mulder's work. I think the Gethsemane, as it were, is her, is her testimony to the FBI brass, right? Yeah. 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 Which pretty unfair. I agree. Um, yeah, I think yeah, Scully, sure. Scully sort of gets, uh, put in a couple unfair positions, uh, in this episode between her, between her family and, uh, and Mulder. <laughs> Can we talk about that scene? Dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So. These guys uh, find some shit in the ice, but can we yeah. talk about the family gathering? Cause I guarantee you that Josh <laughs> likes this Navy guy about as much as I do. Oh my God. Fucking. First what, of all, wait, is, he, I, is he a Navy SEAL too? All right. Like every guy in the Navy's a SEAL. <laughs> He's going to start a fucking podcast that talks about how he gets up at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Can it already, you guys? <laughs> how many of you are you? Are there? Aren't you elite? Many, if you're so yeah. fucking elite, how are there a hundred <laughs> podcasts, you idiots? <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Super elite. This fucking guy, when he's like, my ship got stuck in traffic. Yuck. I wish it got stuck at fucking Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> I wish you were a fucking inspection in the engine room in the USS Cole, buddy. <laughs> I wish you were right next to the Arizona in 41. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I wish uh, awesome. I could go visit. I wish I could go visit your underwater tomb. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this guy. He sucks. Uh, I, it's, it's such a fucking movie and TV thing, but. The the thought of actually showing up to a family dinner in like your dress uniform. It's what are so you doing? Douchey. It's insane. It's an, an insane thought. What you literally didn't have time to change? What are you, you talking about? You know who shows about? up in uniform that makes sense? Father McHugh. <laughs> yes. Right? That guy's always that's you're it. always on the clock with God watching. Right? Yeah. yeah the that's, fucking that's, admiral's not at dinner. That's real fucking salary. That's yeah. No shit. <laughs> that is that is seven eleven. Not always open. Always doing business. That's Wait, right. the other way around. Yeah. Other way around. But yeah. That's, that's, that's the point though. But this fucking guy, Bill. Shut up, Billy. Bill. I also I was positive that he was the the friend from the Truman show. Hmm. It's not. Is he? It's not. No, he's but not, I, he's not. nope. But that dude, fucking movie was, rules. The Truman if Show. If you haven't seen the Truman Show in a while, it's it is an amazing fucking movie. It's so it, good. Aged incredibly well. In in like fine wine, dude. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Way ahead of its time. But no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Billy. But but I, okay okay. So everybody knows that we like to beat up on Mulder for his flights of fancy. 
Because he's like a child that wears adult clothing and runs around on whimsy, right? And makes everything about himself. uh, Okay, yep. (laughs) That is very childlike. But (laughs) I will say this. I will say this. I think maybe he bailed Scully out of a tough spot tonight. Mm. I think Scully was like, yeah, I'm For inviting your priest to fucking (laughs) come here and convert (laughs) me back to the fold. Uh, boy, boy, is it a welcoming environment here at home with your servants and your fucking on-call priests. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. What a wonder I missed last Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. I appreciate it. Well, yeah. you know, Scully's the- sick. They're trying to get that family photo, that last one in. <laughs> Before she's all skinny and has a wig. Yeah. They don't want yeah. her in there wearing a fucking turban. But no, it's... they. I, I, think, she, I think he bailed her out on this one, but man... Margaret Scully, you know, we people know we like to go after people know we go after Margaret. But um but wait until um, she dies. I think I think they think we aren't gonna go after her again, but what what is this? An intervention? You you send a priest in? Is this a fucking exorcism? I don't Insane get it. behavior. Insane behavior. Like, come on in, <laughs> Scully. I brought the father. Oh, he's sitting right next to me. By the way, if you watch Scully in this scene, she's doing that like I'm trying to shield myself from his proselytizing. Like she has her hand up like, oh, are you looking at me like a middle school girl you're looking at too much? She's like trying not to look at you because you're a fucking creep. That's exactly what the, that's exactly what's happening between Scully and McHugh. <laughs> you, really you, you do even kind of almost feel bad for McHugh. Like what a fucking bizarre situation for him to get no shit. In. Yeah. But he's like, I well, mean, duty goes. He was tightening up that priest collar. And he's like, well, duty calls. <laughs> at least you yeah. can eat for free. Even uh, the only thing that really ups the fucking ups the quality of the extended um scully family is when bill comes to the hospital um to to make scully feel bad (laughs) about herself dude what is that about are you thinking about mom or or are you being selfish and only thinking about yourself as you found out you have metastasizing cancer (laughs) you fucking selfish bitch we have a responsibility to people in our lives to which Scully is like, not bearing my soul doesn't make me irresponsible, you fuck stick, right? <laughs> I mean, the only point that Billy makes is she's like, where's Mulder through all this? I'm like, nah, point yeah, for Billy. <laughs> point for Billy, where cave. is Mulder? He's playing with snowmen while you die. <laughs> that's where Billy, that's where fucking Mulder is. So Billy's got a point. <laughs> Jesus fuck, man. <laughs> I tell you, that Billy makes a good yeah. point. I still want him to be in a watery tomb at the Arizona, but... <laughs> Score I, one. I'll give him a point for that. Score one. Yeah. Ugh, my ship was stuck uh, in traffic. Fuck that guy. Oh, God. And he gets a laugh for it, which which is another... Uh, more evidence of the family sucks. Like, it's so, true. and I feel yeah, like any it, decent family would be like, Oh, come on, Bill! Jesus. Yeah, that shit wouldn't fly in the Northeast. No. Yeah, you work on that one all fucking night, Bill. Slap him on the back, you know. Fucking cousin Vinny be like, "Hey, you need to you need to change your clothes, bud. You want to borrow some sweats?" <laughs> you hand him a Patriots hoodie. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Uh, who you want to spell marinara on that? I'm sure, right? Uh, Moxie. It wouldn't be the nope, uh, nope, uh, nope. Fuck, I lost it. Somebody <laughs> said uh, whatever. Oh, Moxie, Mulder's bullshit is easier to deal with any of Scully's family members. No fucking shit. That's yeah. why Mulder gets a pass on this call. But he's not doing it, it, it for her. He's doing it for him. You know? Yeah, we don't have uh, we don't have our resident 
psychologist um, in in the chat here, Doctor Johnson, uh, Doctor Johnson. But Fucking if we did, DJ. we probably ask if if perhaps there are indications of the family that drove Scully into uh, a a such a toxic relationship uh, professionally <laughs> as to be partners with Fox Mulder. Yeah. Do you think he gave her cancer? Mulder? He was so such a pain in the ass. (laughs) Every time she fucking rubbed her head. I just just wanted her to yell, you gave me this. (laughs) This is just one of those. You you think it was cool when he fucking walked away wordlessly after she said that they gave me this to make you you believe? And he's like, "Hmm, bye. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Fucking Mulder. God, he's brutal. Yeah. But, um, he ends up getting her to leave this place and they shoot over to the Smithsonian, right? I need you to be there in 10 minutes. Whatever the fuck he says. Yeah. But, because um, nothing, nothing says urgent like the Smithsonian museum. This <laughs> <laughs> really fucking wackadoo. Fucking Speaking Arlinsky, of people, this, this guy probably has a fucking podcast. <laughs> this guy has a fucking podcast. And Arlinsky's, here's Arlinsky's problem. Mulder should be looking direct. He should be, taking a very long look at Arlinsky's that's where you're fucking headed if you didn't if you didn't blow your brains out on the couch this is your future (laughs) fuck man Uh, welcome back to the crypto cast Uh, this week uh, that's probably a real show by the way you're gonna get heat I'm sure it is (laughs) welcome back to cryptozoology and two two guys and one cryptozoologist (laughs) fuck I hope your studio studio burns down with you in it. But no, um, I don't hope that. But um, but uh, yeah, that's what it is, right? Well, we've got some uh, we've got some reports here. People have had encounters, and then they get the expert on the fucking shitty Skype connection. Yuck. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But um, no, they talk about it, right? He's uh, this guy. First of all, they, they, <laughs> Mulder discredits the witness almost immediately by saying, "Well." He was in a photo, uh, maybe doctored some photo scandal, UFOs thing. Like maybe he had some uh, photo of a UFO that he doctored. Yeah, right? but but this one is good. I will say this one's good. Yeah, this one's different. One of the most out, you know, before he really comes back to Mulder, really comes back to himself at the end of this episode with blind mm-hmm. faith and believing in in the face of evidence. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> maybe bad writing because. He shows a good deal of skepticism towards sure. fucking quote unquote alien evidence, which is something I don't know if we've ever seen from Fox Mulder before. But yeah. um, I do, I do think you know I'm joking in a fashion, but I do think it like it sets the stakes well because if this is another case of like Mulder, like Scully, I found it, it's real, like we, this is finally <laughs> it. Tell <laughs> have a good boy. <laughs> Yeah. I'm a golden retriever. <laughs> that's what he is. Let's have a listen to some of that uh, skepticism, shall we? Let me push play right here. One. Hopefully you guys can hear each it. side of the body. A 360 degree matching integrity of sediment. It's my sincere belief that what we have here is the complete corpus of an extraterrestrial biological entity. Absolute and irrefutable. Qualitatively indefensible. You go public with this and nobody's going to believe you. You also risk never knowing for sure because the same people who buried the truth so assiduously will be in charge of its authentication. That's That's one of my favorite parts of government, by the way. When they're like, well, you could take us to court. I'm like, but you are the court. (laughs) (laughs) I got to prove it to you. You're the fucking, you know. All right, let me continue. 
I need to get the specimen out so I can authenticate it. This body means everything to you, Agent Mulder. You, you gotta have the proof in your hands. And what do you want? We just want the credit. So anyway, there's that. Lenny says, why does this guy sound like Sean Bean? He really I tried does, to take actually. the ring. I tried to take the ring from the little ones. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> fuck. My but, captain. um, so uh yeah this leads to so so that skepticism that you were referring to um arlinsky's claims about ice core samples and the extraterrestrial body and i think carbon dating came up i don't know how carbon dating works other than i know it's like a this like super it's a very um like foolproof way to know how old something is i don't know what they do because that comes up later in the episode but i don't want to get off base on that i just want to kind of put that in there to not forget but this leads to um Mulder and Scully having an encounter in the lobby of the Smithsonian. And yep. this is a highlight for about, me. Yep. This is good stuff. This is, uh, what are they doing here? You want to take me through some of this argumentation? I can play some of the scene, some of this clip too, if you need me to. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think this is, this is what you're talking about early on. Just that the, the highlights of the episode, d- despite the fact that there's, there's some action in this, there's some fucking great sets. There's some great, um, what do you call it? Not a set. Jesus Christ. Location, location <laughs> shooting. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I think like the, the true impactful highlights are just the conversational shit between Mulder and Scully. So mm-hmm. them here and, and talking about th- this quest, right. And, and when Scully is trying to tell Mulder, like, you know, essentially like your fucking crusade is not like necessarily, like it's not for the good of everyone. It's not the same for me or for anyone else. Like the, and it's your not shit is not my his shit. Belief, right? Yes, right. It's not and, and Mulder, his <laughs> Mulder doesn't get that. That is, that is a key aspect of Mulder is that the the we joke that Mulder is this selfish fucking child in some ways, but like he kind of is. Like yes, there. Yes, this would be a huge deal. Yes, this would have a big impact. But, dude, when you say there is no greater revelation or scientific discovery, I think a lot of people would disagree with that statement. Dude, uh, yeah. Can we? Can you hold on to that thought? Because let's. I want to talk about that, especially as it relates to the modern world. Yeah. So, <laughs> this shit, they, they call this... Holy Jesus our, Christ. Somebody <laughs> actually just ripped a definition of carbon dating, Olivia. <laughs> but Oh, nice, Olivia. Um, all thing... Oh, we'll get that in a minute. And, so, um... Yeah. Uh, it's called, uh, this is called argumentum ad ignorantium or argument from ignorance. This is a very common type of debating fallacy, which is you're both trying to prove your Mulder saying it hasn't been proved. Therefore it doesn't exist. She's saying it doesn't have to be proved to not exist. It's funny that they're both engaging in fallacious argumentation here, which is kind of interesting because they're both coming at it from the positions you would imagine her being a woman of faith, him not. Right. But but what I find fascinating about this is that he's even though he's claiming uh, uh, Mulder strikes me as very much like God doesn't exist. It's interesting that he's still and we've talked about this before, but he's still not just not just debating, not just debating that idea, but he's also he exists as if it were true. Right. I know that sounds very Jordan Peterson. But he's existing as if it is the truth. Like he, he leads his life as if aliens are in fact true and believes it. And, and that's Scully's point. She's saying, you already believe what will proof change, right? 
Right. It's, it's like not, a person of faith. It's the same idea. He, Mulder is not looking for the truth. He's looking for the shit that confirms the shit he already believes in. Correct. He, you know what I mean? It is the opposite mm-hmm. of a scientist's approach, like, of I am trying to find what is true and what is false. It is, I believe this, and I will not stop until I find something that proves the thing I want to prove. In right. other words, it's, he's like right. pretty much everyone in the world right now. Correct. Correct. And what's interesting about it is that he he applies criticism. He applies criticism to Scully. You know, uh, I believe uh, he says, Mulder, if someone could prove the existence of God to you, wouldn't it change everything? And she says, only if it had been disproven, which again is the appeal to ignorance. But but essentially, you accept the possibility that the belief in God is a lie. Scully says, I don't think about it actually. So that I don't think about it actually, and I don't think that it can be proven by her shows a step away from argument and a step into attitude where there are very different characters. Um, and, it, and it's interesting because if either one of these two would have got cancer, you'd assume it was fucking Mulder because he's so high strung always and she isn't. But, um, but it's funny because he's very, she's basically saying like, it's not going to, whether or not you believe in aliens is not going to change the fact that you exist as if you do. Yet you don't have peace, whereas a person who has faith doesn't care about the proof and they can exist peaceably. And that's what you're right. seeing between Scully and Mulder in this. He's driven and blah, 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 and kinetic and he wants to move. And she's like, I don't care. I don't think, I don't think you could ever prove the existence of God. And I don't give a fuck because I believe in God. It's okay. And I'm right. fine with it. And I can relax. The, the irony of Mulder. driven. Yeah, it's very yep. interesting. Probably being like, you know, an atheist if you had to you know, define the character is he's probably the most evangelical fucking character on the show because no shit. it's like, you know, he can't rest until everyone else believes what he believes essentially, you know, like that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's not just believing it. It's proving it to other people, proving that it's a, a thing. Right. And because it, of, because couple, of something inside of him. Right. And a couple of people, and, and yes, there's, there's history there. Obviously like it, his sister, I get it. Your sister, yeah. And you know, a couple of people said confirmation bias um, sure. in the chat, but it goes beyond that. It goes, it goes far beyond, beyond that. that, right? Um, because <clears throat> because here's the thing: what is the utility, right? Because he says, but if it would, he goes, but if it could be worth that knowledge, but it, but if it could be, meaning proven, if God could be proven, he's saying. Would that knowledge be worth seeking or is it easier to, and he gets a little bit cunty here. He says, or is it easy to believe the lie? So his supposition is that God existence, God's existence is a lie, which is that gets back to the irony you're talking about. But here's what I asked, Josh, and here's what I asked the listeners. What is the utility of either? If you believe in God and it makes you feel good at night because you realize you can't control all the things around you and that there's, there's something out there and that something better exists beyond the temporal world, that has utility. Versus if you're going to be driven mad, plunge everyone around you into chaos, interrupt people's dinner meetings, and constantly be a nuisance, what is the utility of truth, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think, that's the difference between attitude and the, the, the difference between their attitudes, not just the merits of their debate, which of course they're both engaging in bad argumentation, but still, like what's the utility for her? The utility is the sense of peace, which of course we know she doesn't have because she just talked about it at the McHugh. But I guess that's my point. If it doesn't change the way you're, you don't need proof to believe what you believe. So what's the utility in chasing it? to just satiate sure. this burning desire inside of, which yeah. is that even healthy, right? It's, it's wild, but it, let's look at some of these chats here. It's funny. This conversation we have never really 
had in specific to Mulder about the utility of it because it does right. You, we, we obviously it's been a common. You can't talk about Mulder and not talk about this whole about his quest about the the way he approaches it. Um, but really, yeah, it, it is a good like. What is the utility? There's a philosopher who I can't fucking remember who it is. Fairly relatively modern ish, twentieth century, I think. That talk about religion. <laughs> talks about religion and, and basically says like you know he he's a, he's a christian philosopher and says the utility of like you know i'm paraphrasing utility of being christian is essentially that you know his opinion if you follow the tenets of christianity in general you'll live a good life treat other people well that'll be a foundation for a good society if god mm-hmm. exists then you'll have a better chance of of a fucking positive afterlife if you don't believe in god and act as if there is no god you know, the utility of that is you're not, you know, you, you're only constrained by the laws of society versus like a, a moral fuck, whatever. Not that I would dare enter the ring and debate a man like that. And because I agree with him and I would take it a step further and say, I think if you don't, you're just going to believe in something else. You're going to believe in the state. You're going to believe in communism. You're going to believe in fascism. You're going to believe in something. Something's going to take the place of that belief because I think as apes, we can't just live in this empty void. I just don't think it works. Uh, you might be living a philosophy, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, man, the utility fucking matters. And, and I know it's fun to be like Western society has destroyed the world. No, it hasn't. It's a fucking beacon of light. Stop saying that. And there's a reason that it is a beacon of light and why it has been. And it's not perfect and it can be fixed and it can be challenged. But don't, you know what I mean? Like modern society exists largely because people for the most part, are being relatively good. And yes, there's injustice all over the world, I get it. But it's not fucking Mad Max where everyone's killing each other. You know, it's not warlords killing each other in Africa. Like, it's not in certain parts of the country, everybody relax. But you know what I'm saying? I think you get what I'm saying, yeah. right? You did mention the chat. There, there's some great points to, uh, that are being made in the chat if you want to yeah, let's hit mention it. A couple of them. So Carmelita says, uh, maybe that distinction between belief and faith is part of what really sets him off about religion. People of faith that have peace have the thing that he can't have with his beliefs. That's a great point. And, yeah. And Olivia kind of on the peace thing too, says, I'm very curious and more scientific minded, but I also believe we know such a small amount about how the universe works. I accept that. I do believe in God or religion. I do believe, uh, think belief in God or religion would be an easier way to be rather than my constant overthinking. I think I am yes. envious of people who have faith. Yes. Most people are most reasonable people, Olivia, I think envy people who, who have faith. You know, I think, mm-hmm. I think they do because I think it is because I think it's, it's interesting because I think we get way too, um, I think we try to control too much in our lives. And I think it really, that control, trying to control too much in our lives is something that I think people who, who do have faith and who have found some kind of peace in the belief of something greater than themselves. And I don't mean the fucking state, but like something omnipotent as it were. Um, I've known some people, I've known some people of faith. I've known some people who say I'm a Christian and they're shitbags. I've known some people who've said I'm a Christian and they're fucking beautiful human beings. And, um, and, uh, and I'm not saying one can make you, I'm not saying just simply having faith is going to make you a good person. I, I'm not saying that, but I think by and large, a lot of people would this, this control, um, uh, anxiety, control, anxiety and depression and con- trying to control everything around you, trying to, there's a part of you that you kind of just, there's an envy to being able to just say, wow, it's just out of my hands. I just let it go. 
what will be will be, and I'm just going to smile my way through life. And that's not to say you're simpleton or you're dumb, but to Olivia's point, yeah, all constant overthinking and being envious of people of faith, I think anybody who's going to be reasonable and, and, and intellectually honest is going to think that way. Mm. And, Versus and- just being like, oh, well, there's a thing in the Bible about gay people, so it's always, so, so everything sucks. There can be no utility in it whatsoever. That's crazy. Right. You know? I found this passage, and so throw out everything that's built around that. Um, and, and Moxie says uh, she talks about a little bit, that, you know, truth versus lies, proof versus blind faith. Um, if you believe in something strongly enough to the point that you are content in your belief, then aren't the facts irrelevant? Yes, I mean, so that gets we're, to my point on utility, and, and brings us all back to Mulder and how what if aliens are real? What then? Like, what do you think, let's say today, in today's world, it doesn't mean shit. Well, I mean, specifically right now, this episode, you know, Mulder finds this alien. It ends up being real. The carbon dating, everything works. He, he brings it to the truth. You know, it, it becomes the biggest news story every, you know, nobody shuts him down. There's no cover up fucking, it gets out there and it just, it is accepted scientific fact. Like, let's talk about it, it. Is Mulder now a happy, content person? What the fuck does Mulder do with his life after that? Right. I think it's devastation for Mulder. Um, I think it's devastation for Mulder. But I will say that it's like, it's like, you know, once all the worlds have been subjugated, what is the average stormtrooper going to do now? Right. <laughs> he wept for there was no more worlds to conquer. <laughs> right. What does the stormtrooper do? You think he knows how to install a toilet main? Shout out Kevin Smith. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like he's, what's he going to do? He's going to be miserable. But, um, but, but yeah. So, so on that point, I think it's fascinating. Um, I'm going to pull this fact out of my asshole and tell you, I don't even know if it's true, but I think the United States of America in the nineties by and large per individual would say if polled, you got that, that they (laughs) think God exists. (laughs) Sorry. That they think God exists. I think you would pull okay. higher in the 90s than you would today. Now, I also I pro- think that- I would that, probably agree with you, yeah. I, I, I can't say for certain. I, I, I also think the following. I also think in the 90s, aliens were very much in the zeitgeist, UFOs. This was a thing. It started in the 70s, like, you know, uh, abduction stuff. But it, but, it, but it really started to blossom with the X-Files and everything else. But since we're talking about the episode, we can't use X-Files as an example because it doesn't exist in the show. If you catch my drift, we're getting real convoluted now. But my point is this. I think in the 90s, it might shake up the world a little bit more than it does today. Because I swear to God, there was an article that was like, yeah, there's an unidentified aircraft. We don't know what they are. Probably UFOs. We can't really identify them. And people just went, cool. How big is, um, how big is Kardashian's ass now? I can't remember. <laughs> like, I don't think people give a fuck. Dude, you could show an alien dancing on the surface of Jupiter and people would be like, oh, cool. And then they'd move right to the next thing. I don't, I, I don't know, man. I'm super mm. like pess. I know I had some optimism there, Audrey, but I don't know. I, I, I think I'm very, I don't think people would give a flying fuck. I, I also think it would, you know, and not, I don't, there's, there's no point going too far into the state of the world today, but people would, it, it the, the proof of alien life would probably change um, maybe 10% of people's beliefs of whether aliens exist or not. Everybody else would just mm. continue believing what they did and only pay attention to the shit that, affirms that belief essentially right w- the world is full of molders maybe not molders that are as, as dedicated 
But in the sense that Mulder, lazy molders, lazy molders, lazy, yeah, lazy molders. When I'm joking about being him being skeptical, like the, the 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 his rare occasion of being skeptical of evidence that could support his cause, you know, it's it's really like. Yeah, that's where we're at. We're like, that's where, you know, it's so easy. Mulder dismisses shit as we see at the end of the episode when he comes back to form. Mm-hmm. Like anything that goes against the thing that he wants to believe in, it, it, he can find an excuse for. And all, but all he cares is finding those fucking things that, that are, that keep, that reaffirm, that keep on the, keep on the path. Right. So exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know what it would do for his character. You know, some people are, are throwing things out there about, well, his sister and like, but but what? Okay, so if aliens are real, is his sister any less fucking abducted? Is she, it, th- does mm-hmm. that make any chance of get of recovering her better? What? Because people believe in aliens, they're going to be like, hey, you got us, and show back up and fucking drop everybody off. Like, yeah, this is <laughs> exactly, this is the thing. This is the thing that the sort of the older I get, the more I start to focus on utility more than I, the more than I focus on too much on say philosophy, so to speak, right? Like what is the mm-hmm. utility of information if nothing happens to it? Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, I don't want to get hot button topic here, but, but that's just how it, that's so I won't, but, um, but that's how I think, what is the utility of X and when somebody says something, what exactly does that mean from an actionable standpoint, right? Sure. What is the actionable stance that you're like, if you say something, what does that mean in reality? Because one thing you'll notice is if you put your phone down and go outside, sometimes you start to realize that a lot of the world's problems don't necessarily have to now be your problems anymore. And I think that's part of the problem, right? But, but without going off on that tangent, to your point, yep. yes, I think it's a bunch of echo chambers. I think I think this is what would happen with Mulder. I, I think, yeah, we're all, it's yeah. mostly confirmation bias, but, but I, yeah. the older I get, the more I believe in the utility of a thing to get back to, um, was it Moxie who had that great point of, do the facts yes. matter? Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And Otto Andrew, he mentioned, I mentioned before that movie, uh, don't look up. It really just hits on that. It, it, it did. There are lots of moments of like Hollywood sniffing its own ass, like, pretty hard but there's also a lot of very unfortunately true kind of perceptions on where things are at mm-hmm. but uh to get back to the whole the nature of this discussion in, in the sense that it applies to this episode um sure i mean <clears throat> what does that mean for so so we talked about the utility of it and and Mulder's question and whatever so let's like put that in perspective Regardless of this quest, Scully has cancer. And she's not, and this isn't her quest. Right. So like the, the fucking, the thing that is not changing is that she has fucking cancer and it's metastasized, which means it's, you know, not a doctor, but it's in, it's in her blood. It can now spread essentially to any other part of her body. Um, so if it was inoperable before, but not getting worse necessarily, now it's going to go somewhere else and get worse. And, When she comes to believe because of, you know, evidence, even if it's not physical, but, you know, um, good uh, evidence or or the the shit that this Krishkow guy dishes out to her that she, you know, he's fucking that Krishkow and and that, that I like that scene too. I want to talk about that. I like that scene. I like him a lot more 
you didn't, I had a hard time buying him as like, man, like this guy's, he's not quite as like intimidating as scary, but that actually kind of sets it up perfect because he's yep. not supposed to be. Yep. Right. You know, he, he doesn't look like the alien bounty hunter or the cigarette smoking man. He doesn't have that stone cold killer fucking look to him. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which kind of is a nice, nice turn as it comes back to it. So when, when it's all said and done and we get to the end of the episode and, and Scully tells Mulder, like, you know, this is all bullshit. Everything you're believing is bullshit. But what's not bullshit is I have cancer and mm-hmm. I have cancer because, because of this fucking quest. Right. Like the, the quest might not be real, but the fucking tumor in my medulla oblongata sure as fuck is. Right. So for sure. So, so that's real. And, and how about that? And Mulder mm-hmm. walks away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and it, and it's funny because it, also the 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 absurdity of him thinking that aliens would have a more that proof in aliens would be more of a profound human discovery than the proof of God is outrageous. He can't seriously yeah. believe that, right? Yeah, I mean, like, right? <laughs> yeah, he can't really he, believe that it's the most profound discovery one could make. And yeah, then, it and is. then it, to bring up the God thing after that, to, to basically demonstrate that, yeah, like, exactly. no, 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 I thought about the God thing. It's it's more important than that. Yeah, okay. that's preposterous. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. What are you talking about? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it is. It's, it's again, it's, I, I like it. I like, well, that's, I think what I really like about this episode ultimately is that part of it, is this idea of utility of information, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, um, you know, we've all argued with our significant others before, former significant others or otherwise. And sometimes, and sometimes if you're arguing with somebody, you get the sense like, why are you just trying to punish me? Why don't we decide what the course of action is and, and have utility here? Let's, let's take action to fix the thing instead of it becoming a, did you know what I'm saying? And I get it. There's, there's a lot of times yeah. where you really have to be apologetic. You do have to apologize and be empathetic and be sympathetic. And of course, but then there's also the like, can we make an actionable item here that we can do something about this instead of it just being, you know, it gets back to um, that amazing scene in White Men Can't Jump, which is Rosie Perez is like, wakes up Woody Harrelson and she's like, I'm I'm thirsty. I want some water. And he starts getting up out of bed to go get her water. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm getting you water. And she's like, no, no, I just wanted you to like, no, I was thirsty. And he's like, well, what the fuck? So it's this whole thing. Like, she's like. The the point is, you don't listen to my feelings. And he's like, let me just fix the problem. Obviously, you have to have both in a relationship. But a lot of times, the older I get, especially outside of relationships, I'm just like, well, what's actionable here? It's, 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 trust me, if you're doom scrolling, if you're doom scrolling Twitter or what have you, I'm not convinced you're doing anything good for yourself, especially since you're not, there's nothing actionable there. Or at least if you're going to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. There's nothing going to take action on. You're just going to upset yourself for no reason. You know, yep. there's something yep. to be said about that utility. And that gets back to Moxie. Like what relevance is the truth? If who cares? And if I'm happy that I believe in God, I don't care if he, if you say he exists or doesn't because it has made my life and my family's life better. Oh, and by the way, my community's life, because we give to outreach programs. We take people into our church. We feed people every winter. We go down to the shelter. We do. Like whether or not God or not, whether God is exists or not, doesn't really matter. What matters is the actionable items that you have that you can do to make life better for everybody around you, right? And, and I guess Instead of being can a we miserable fuck can, like Mulder. Right. And and can we kind of turn the argument you exactly said not not around, but uh, uh, 
apply it to, okay, so apply that point of view to the, this fucking, you know, to aliens and this conspiracy and whatever, you know, essentially Scully comes to believe everything that Krishko tells, Krishkow tells her about, um, how this was all fake. This, everything is, is here to convince Mulder, um, to believe this thing, to come public with it, whatever. But at the end of the day, (laughs) again, does it like, does it come back to the utility of the matter is that Scully has cancer she was mm-hmm. given it to by these people, whether mm-hmm. or not there are aliens, whether or not you believe in them, whether or not you can prove them, none of that shit changes that. So yeah. like, that's where we're at. And like, also PS, by the way, there's a bunch of other fucking bodies around, like, you know, a bunch of people dead on a mountain, a few people dead in a warehouse. So like, funny. Yeah. This is, this is a great point you're making. And it's so fucking dude. It is so, it is such a, it is so analogous to today. <laughs> Where it's like, I'm going to doom scroll on Twitter about things I have no control about. I'm going to get into arguments with people I don't know that don't care about me, that aren't interested in my point of view. Meanwhile, I'm going to ignore my relationship. I'm going to ignore, I'm going to ignore my loved ones around me. I'm going to find myself. Did you see what I'm saying? It's the same shit. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like you're, 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 you're engaging in frivolity, which is probably not the right word. And, and as a result, your, your relationships around you are suffering. Because of your addiction to doom scroll about things you can't take action. Mm. And that's Mulder. To to, to bring it back to the point you're making, she has cancer. All of your efforts probably could have went into maybe trying to help her somehow versus chasing something that really is irrelevant at the end of the day. Because you're going to fucking believe it anyway. Yes. And this isn't to fucking, you know, start fighting with all the shippers. Because yes, obviously Mulder cares about Scully and he does do things towards that end um sure but but here we are like here we are with him on this quest here we are with him ignoring the shit that's presented um and here we are with him walking ultimately walking away from scully and uh you know going home to cry watching old carl sagan videos (laughs) dude you know what's funny all i could think of with him you know watching those videos and like tears running down his face like these old fucking It was like, is this not the same as like a really sad, super dedicated sports fan of like a shitty team watching like fucking old footage of when their team was like kind of decent when there was hope? Like (laughs) when you were young and innocent, what's the most embarrassing thing you ever did relating to sports fandom? Honestly, you remember? Um, I, I fucking busted my face open. Oh. I cut <laughs> clear through. We were watching the Red Sox and they lost game seven in 2003. <laughs> and we had a bunch of people and there were two bottles of champagne that a friend brought out. And we were, I was so upset. I had friends literally crying on the floor after this happened. <laughs> and me and another guy, our friend Ryan. I guarantee you that was Charlie fucking Wood. Oh, I, <laughs> yes. I guarantee it was Charlie. Charlie Wood, Mike Costa, crying, on the, crying, holding each other, crying. Um, and we walked down to the end of this road with this champagne that we were convinced was cursed. And I was so hammered because I've been drinking. It was a fucking, it, this was at like 1230 night. I've been drinking since like noon and I basically hadn't got up. So now like the blood is pumping and I'm hammered. And I fucking went to cast these cursed bottles of champagne because literally these two bottles of champagne, I believed caused the Red Sox to lose game seven. You know, Dude, of course. And I fucking awesome. Waded into Watapa Reservoir and oh, ate yeah, shit on a rock jetty and fucking busted my, broke my nose, cut a fucking hole through my lip. 
Yeah. God damn. I'd say that's pretty embarrassing. Outside of endless <laughs> arguments that? with people about um about cheating football teams. There's this great website called My Foot Your Football Team Your Football Team Cheats. And it's all of the times football teams got busted for cheating. And there's so many incidents of them. And every time somebody would point out a thing about like, you know, filming video signals on the sideline, I just would post it. Dude, I was like a quest night. I went looking on Facebook groups and they're like, fucking Bella cheat. Boom, post it. And I was like, who's your team, Buffalo? They've been caught 27 times. Go fuck your mother. Like I was like a fucking maniac with it. Um, like some I cried human, the, I, human I, rights I cried lawyer. Like a, I cried when the fucking Bruins won the Stanley Cup. Because I thought of my granddad. I said, oh, <laughs> and then, because I missed it. And then I, uh, here's a really embarrassing one. I My favorite football player of all time is probably Rodney Harrison when he was a safety for the Pats. And I fucking loved him. And uh, dude, I, I, I was a very different guy 15 years ago. Very, very different. Um, much more of a moralizer. And, um, and he got caught. He, 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 he busted a knee and I was like, fuck. And then I had his jersey. And he got caught, this is more than 15 years ago, he got caught with PEDs. And like, I always thought he was like this amazing underdog. Dude, I was so devastated. I took the jersey off. I put it in a box and I was going to send it to him. And, and like with my disappointment, can you imagine? Can you imagine the balls to do something like that? About how, oh, how he used PEDs. Dude, I would hand PDEs, PEDs to these guys these days. I'd be like, take them or you're never going to fucking win. You know, I had such a weird morality about it. It was fucking so body. dumb. Yeah. It was so dumb because it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Now people take, now it's like, oh yeah, I'm on, I'm on this, I'm on that. But back then it was like, you get suspended for four days. Dude, it was so fucking pathetic. I remember. And then like years later, I thought back, I'm like, well, how embarrassing. I was just, I was depressed that day. My girlfriend at the time was like, here I am. Like, I can't believe he cheated. Like I was, dude, never meet your heroes, right? I was so much more naive about that stuff back then. I couldn't believe how I, that's embarrassing. I was a grown man. Yes. Yes. However, I will say this, um, you, you know, you talk about having a different, you get older, have a different approach, being more utilitarian. Mm -hmm. The fact that I am so. Well, not utilitarian, but yes. (laughs) yeah okay i mean that that word has weight to it but uh, uh, you know thinking about the utility of things okay like small small you utilitarian maybe there you go but um you know yes it's embarrassing i think back i think about fucking how i felt i missed i was gone i was away when the bruins won the the fucking cup and my favorite team favorite sport and i came back and i watched them lose the, I think the next year, two years later to the Blackhawks and dude, yep. I was depressed for like a week because I thought crazy. I was going to get them. See, but there's a part of me that also like, I really don't care about sports anymore and I don't enjoy the games any less. I me just too. don't have any emotional involvement. And there's a part of me that also feels really bummed about it. That like, mm. like there's a part of me that's gone. Like I used to have, I used mm-hmm. to literally Same. get emotionally committed and yes you can say like it's outrageous for a fucking grown man to feel those kind of emotions for fucking millionaires playing a fucking game whatever even weirder it's weird to put another man's name on your back (laughs) that's fucking weird dude to put another guy's name on your back Mm, that's i don't know man that's fucking weird and i've done it i've done it many times i've done it many times yeah there's a part of it's a bummer of like i've lost that there, there is the, yeah. there is a there is a I don't know I don't want to call it 
optimism or usefulness or naivety, but there's, yeah. I mean, like, like that part of me is gone. Like I don't, I don't fucking really care anymore. And that's kind of a bummer too. Yeah. I, it's weird because, because yeah, like I got like a, was it last year, the year before I got into basketball just, uh, just because of, I used to be wicked into basketball as a kid and more of like, I was interested in the sport tactically and technically because it is really fucking interesting. Um, and, and I remember it as a kid, you know, Larry Bird and all that bullshit and, and the tactics of basketball always were fascinating to me. And I really got into it for a while and I still enjoy it from that perspective. But like, I don't, I couldn't tell you, uh, you know, I'd, I'd struggle to name six Patriots these days. And I knew that fucking 52 man roster top to bottom back in the day, top to mm, bottom, Yeah, you know, and it's not because they're not winning and all that bullshit. You know, I just, I still admire Belichick for what he did for, for that team and in the way he does his business. But, uh, but yeah, I don't, I'm like more of a Belichick fan than a, that's like old man territory. Like I'm a fan of the coach, not the players. That's the oldest man statement ever. You're spending you too much time saying? with Marginson. Too much time with Marginson. What's that? <laughs> You're spending too much time with Johnny, Johnny Butters. <laughs> John is Belichick. But no, it's funny because I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I'm just like, eh, they win, they lose. I don't, like, I don't care. I don't, I don't have time. You know, it's a utility thing. There is, it's yeah. just, I don't have time to There's get into also, it anymore. And you like, know, it's cool. You, it'd be cool to put the TV on and hear the crack of the baseball. Cause that's like the herald of spring to me. You know, when you hear a ball go off a bat, you're like, God, it's going to yeah. be warm soon. That's oh, nice. Dude, I can have as fun like at a game or, or, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with a group of friends watching the game and like, not like I'm not going to get be getting into it and yelling at the TV and stuff like that. But yeah, it's different. Although I also remember something my dad always told me. My dad's always been a sports fan, but like not always. He only kind of allows certain teams to like kind of get their, their hooks in them. And one of my favorite uh, sayings about sports, he says, um, I don't cheer for laundry. So like, I like it. it I like it. it. You know, and it's like, yeah, at the end I of the like day, it. like you, you never know who these players are or whatever, but like, you know, you, maybe you get some impression. You get, you have tell to me like, give me, believe. Tell me, give me, tell me to give him, tell him to give me a call because I like his anti-collectivism stance. I think him yes. and I could start a podcast. Maybe I'm kidding. <laughs> Still Bruins. Like like no collectivism. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't cheer for laundry. So, but mm. where the fuck? Jesus Christ. Well, Boy. where Mulder's crying as a sports fan on the thing. And I asked you what oh, that's embarrassing right. stuff. But there we are. There we are. Too crying about know. fucking. Oh, I met. Nasty, oh, okay. Well, last, guys. last one. I met Rodney Harrison at the Providence place mall. He didn't know he's going to meet me that day. <laughs> he wasn't prepared. So I'm with a girlfriend at the time and she's like, come, come with me right now. And I'm like, oh fuck, something happened. Something, you know, somebody, you know, grabbed her ass and I'm about to get in a mall fight. So she drags me into this Nordstrom's. There's a Nordstrom's right near this old cafe. I don't know if either are there still. And she's like, look, look over there. And I'm looking and I look at this bald guy. I'm like, that bald guy far away. I'm like, is that Patrick Stewart or something? She's like, no, no. She's like the guy looking at ties. And I shift my eyes and I go, Mother of God, it's Rodney fucking Harrison. Dude, to th- the fact, like, and I joked about it, it's weird to put another man's name on your back. If you could have saw the childlike glee in my fucking 30-year-old eyes, you probably would have shot me to death. But I walked over to him. I, I, he, so when you're famous like that, people know you're looking at them. They're very alert. Yeah. Yeah. He's also a safety and he's got a fucking, he's a ball hawk. Let's go. But anyway, he, um, he looks over at me and he knows I'm looking at him and I go, ah, oh, fuck, I got to go in. Like once your, once your cover's blown, you got to move, you know, I'm like, go, go, go. 
So he spots me. He, 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 he's watching me watching you like an interview. So I walk over and I'm like, I say, I say, uh, Mr. Harrison, dude, I was, it was so white. <clears throat> I go, Mr. Harrison. He goes, he goes, yeah. I go, I just want to, I extended a hand. I go, I just want to thank you for everything you've done for the franchise. That's what I came up with. It's the whitest thing I've ever done. It's the whitest thing. I said, Mr. Harrison, I love everything you've done for the franchise. He goes, oh, thank you so much, man. And he shook my hand. He had a very strong grip. His hands were smaller than I thought. And, um, and, uh, I think I was a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) This is a real story. His hands are a little small. I shook his hand and he was like, uh, he's like, oh, thank you so much, man. I said, yeah, no problem, man. I just appreciate everything you do. You're my favorite player. You know, I, I, yeah, thank you. I mean, thanks, man. I was backing away from him and he's like, cool. You know, and he's thinking I'm going to buy ties now. So I'm going to be on TV. You fucking nothing. And, uh, and I, and I walked away from Mr. Harrison, very happy that day. And, uh, that was after the incident with the, with the, uh, with the, uh, Jersey. So I was going to show you that night. He, I that still night he went have home. the Rodney Harrison Jersey. <laughs> went, went home, went down to his basement and finally broke out that dusty box. I, and he I said, did. Mr. Martin finally appreciates me again. <laughs> and he brought it upstairs <laughs> and he yeah. fucking shed a little tear. One tear. Roll down his, his cheek. He's probably, he's like, and man, he said, that's the whitest said, guy I ever. I've earned this. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he got his ankle. That's why he got his knee rolled. Cause he was thinking of my dumbass. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. That's my embarrassing sports story. Not quite so embarrassing that I blew my brains out on my couch. As this episode. Was, you know, <laughs> like fucking Mulder sitting here and he's basically just like, I don't know. It's funny. Like, He's, he's looking at all these brilliant men and you know what he's thinking? These guys are 50 times smarter than me mm-hmm. and they haven't figured it out. And he just, they haven't proven shit. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, what he does. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I spoil alert. There's, you know, Mulder is back, baby. Mulder's back. But what does it say about your character that everyone immediately believes, including Maybe the person you're closest to on this earth, on God's green earth, the person that knows you the best, immediately believes without question that you shot yourself after you found out that <laughs> aliens may not be a real conspiracy. Yeah, it checks out. If they <laughs> like fucking, listen, if my girlfriend would have <laughs> if my girlfriend would have found me hanging from the rafters the day <laughs> after Harrison got busted for PED, she would have known why. <laughs> she she would have known. Oh, okay, it's Rodney's PEDs. No wonder he's dangling from the fucking garage rafters. Oh like, man, but like, like that, that boy sucks. in that star movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I mean, you gotta. I don't even. To be honest, I don't even remember. Like, I don't remember the this episode. Obviously, it ends on a cliffhanger. And so, hey, mm-hmm. good, good. Podcast is over. Good to have a clean break. <laughs> no cliffhangers or anything. <laughs> Why do they do cliffhangers in season finales? That's so hacky. I hate yeah. that. <clears throat> yeah. Stand by. Wait Mulder's, for six months. Listen, Mulder's tears are crying for us. But, um, so anyway, yeah. that's how it ends. So, <clears throat> I don't think he killed himself. But, but let's talk about, like, let's wrap up our thoughts on this episode. Yeah. All right. Well, a couple things I just want to say that 
we've mostly talked about things we liked. We talked about the strong part, part of the episode. A couple, I don't want to delve into the whole mythology. It's our, it's our last regular app here. And I don't want to like get too far into it. I will just say it's a lot to put on the listeners or not listeners. It's a lot to put on the viewers to have four seasons of mythology built up and kind of like, you sort of have to even suspend disbelief to buy into the drama that this could be real. I mean, we've seen the syndicate. Mm-hmm. We've seen them talk about like mm-hmm. as, as viewers, we know. So it is a cool hook, but it is also like a little bit of like maybe some of the first heavy fuckery of mythology to be like, Oh, but maybe it's all fake. Like mm, <laughs> kind of fuck you. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, like, you know, I'm, I've been watching the Americans, which is a great fucking show. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> And it's all about this this couple that are that are Soviet spies in the U.S. in the eighties, and um, it's funny because in this they're like, well, with the the government essentially was was uh, they were talking about like to take the heat off of all the power we gave the government in the Cold War, we had to create this other thing to distract people. That's what you're saying. <laughs> it's weird, right? It also yeah. it seems like a lot to to. Sh- I know they weren't just tricking Mulder, but a lot to just trick. Like it's, yeah. a, it's you know, a like it's a double a bluff. Of- what, what is that? What is that fucking? What's that? He's like, no, it's a double bluff. It's a double blind. Oh, it's a, no, it's a, it's a it's a comedy movie about spies. He's like double bluff. It's a it's a fake. I think. Oh, it's a fish called Wander. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's just a lot of seems- bodies for Fox Mulder's belief. <laughs> exactly yeah god yeah it's weird um but it is i mean that becomes a problem in mythology is that eventually eventually you just have so much unpacked that it, it becomes hard to add more without affecting the shit that you did before yes right? there you go like it's yep. as Otto andrew just said he, he's talking about mythology just points us out um they had to find a way to reset again mm. the arc of the storyline and and it's just that's kind of it's kind of a tough move for 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 an audience. So, a that's one thing. Uh, B, you know, and I, I will say this is minimized because the the few times we have Mulder and Scully together are, as we've already said, maybe the best or the most impactful moments in the episode. But there is a lot of Mulder and Scully separate, which in general not our favorite thing. And lastly, this isn't even a complaint, but just kind of like a, you know, here we have a. A, you know, end of season, uh, season finale cliffhanger. It's all dealing with mythology arc. And yet we don't really have a single interesting side character. Um, mm. and, and it's not because there's not enough going on in the episode and maybe it just would have been too much. I mean, this guy Blevins, like fucking yes. He, he's Bab the guy that's cock. asking Scully the questions, Babcock. Um, yeah. no, Blevins is the dude asking the questions oh, in the, the, in the, 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 the section, the meeting guy, room, yeah. the section chief or whatever the fuck assistant director, you know, he was, he, I think we saw him last in the first season, but like here we are and there's no, there's no cigarette smoke command. There's no Skinner. There's no cry check. There's no, you know, there, there's nobody that's made mm. the mythology interesting. So it's really, it's just the mythology and the characters. And ultimately, the characters will do almost everything on their own. But usually, you know, you bring out a lot of guns. You, you, they certainly didn't spare expenses with, as we've said, like the production of the episode. But, you know, I, I kind of miss that familiar cast of people that's usually around for these moments. It's mm, a good point. Yeah, I, I think I think I think for me, it's a lot of the plot. I don't 
I think I think the I think it seems very over elaborate of a plot, which which we kind of talked about a little bit. But also then um, this guy uh, Krichgau, this DoD guy who who dumps all this on Mulder, we're just supposed to believe his motivation is oh I have a sick son because why like why tell Mulder all of this now right? But and I'm I'm assuming that comes up more on season five. But um, yeah, he says the lies are so deep. The only way to cover them is to create something more incredible. So that's like super Soviet thinking, which I think is interesting. <laughs> like that's yeah. old school. That's Department old school. Misinformation. Like give them so much information and, and so much in misinformation that they can't parse out the truth from, from, from the fake, right? Give them so sure. much fake news. They don't know what's real anymore, mm. um, which is, seems to be working on our society today. Just fine. <laughs> yeah. um, But that's, that's kind of what reminds me of this idea. Like we just got to keep piling on lies and distractions to, yeah, to, 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 take away the point, the fact that like, yeah, that newsflash, the government never rescinds power. Like, mm. so yep. what do we do? We distract to something else. That's what, that's what, that's what he's talking about. But it does seem like very over elaborate to put on Mulder to create Mulder. Like it's very Batman Joker. Like you created me, you know, did I? Yeah. yeah Batman created Joker. So kind of like yeah. that. And how many things had to like line up just oh, right for like, you're, you're sure that shotgun blast wasn't going to kill that guy. Like you're mm-hmm. positive. You knew how long he was going to lie there, and yeah, he just laid there. Too, actually, like yeah. boy, boy, you are dedicated. <laughs> There's no easier <laughs> way to do that. <laughs> Couldn't you have not been shot and just said, "I, I hid." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. There, there's some stretches there. He um, slipped a bit of bird shot in for that one. He's like, yeah, we'll, yes. go, we'll go bird shot instead of buck. <laughs> just, <laughs> just scar him up a little bit. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. I mean, I'll get right to it and say that at the end of the day, this episode is a like for me. Same. But it it's a like that is a like of averages. As in, there are things mm. I love and there's things I don't like. And sort of they come together and they leave me with an episode that is the average of that. You know, we've talked about there's some episodes that are greater than the sum of their parts or less. Indeed. This kind of episode to me, like, it kind of is the sum of its parts. You know, it is like, because it, because it comes down to, I think the discussions between Mulder and Scully are the highlights. And as you said earlier, there was not enough of them together. And, but when they were, to me, it's the most interesting part. Mm, yeah. All right. Cause it's thought provoking, but yep. Well, yeah. where's it, where's this one fall for you, sir? I say like, it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah. I like it. Um, I'm not head over heels, but I wouldn't say I don't. I don't like it. There's just too much thought-provoking dialogue between Skull, Skulder, between Scully and Mulder for me to to pass it as a don't like. Yes, sir. It was. It yes, was. It, things were working against it when I saw Bill and Margaret Scully, but uh, I bounced back. So, three stars and listener comments. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you want? You want to go? F- wait, wait. Which one do you do first? We do three stars first, right? Yeah, that's fine. I want to say. Um, I don't know if this is a super popular pen, but um, all right, Jesus I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Oh God, I'm gonna go <laughs> oh number God. three. Oh God, I'm gonna go number three. R. W. Goodwin for the directing. Mm. Um, I think it's a pretty attractive episode, especially when they're shooting it during the day in the mountains. But it's not so awesome that I'm gonna put him in the number one spot. Um, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to, oh, this is going to be goofy. I'm going to, I'm actually, 
I'm actually going to put uh, Krishkow. Michael Krishkow, uh, John Finn, as my number two, because he doesn't look as scary as maybe he should. And he, I don't know, he's very, I like his voice. Like when he sits down to talk, I have a thing for voices. And he has this really strong, matter-of-fact voice with Mulder, even though some of the shit he's spinning is kind of goofy. But I like this guy. I like that, you know, Scully walks in on him. He's like, oh, sorry, whoever you're looking for in here. Then he leaves, chases him, knocks her down the stairs, doesn't kill her. You know, he's not a monster. He's just trying to get the fuck out of there. Um, I like that. Uh, a man on a mission, so to speak. And then he kind of just spills the beans to the company or box. So I'm going to give number two to, to Krishkow. And, uh, and I got a surprise number one pick. I got a surprise number one pick. Okay. Gary W. Levy as Dr. Vitaliano. What the My- fuck? You ready? Real fuck you to the show. <laughs> Going out. <laughs> hey. You know why? Hey, fuck you know this why? show. Because <laughs> he's handsome Pendrel. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's God. Handsome. Damn He's it. handsome Pendrel. No, I'd probably give it to Carl Sagan for making Mulder cry and shoot himself. Yeah, <laughs> 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 but uh, I'll, I'll stick with I'll stick with uh, Vitaliano just because he's never going to hear it again. So we've Fucking given it to the company too many times. <laughs> oh boy, you know it's funny. I what I did even. Uh, I had some notes about like this would be better if this was Pendrel. This is That's another moment could have been Pendrel. <laughs> oh fuck. Uh, well well look at you. Look at you being all clever and funny with your final picks and I was going <laughs> fucking lame. Uh I I had Goodwin number three too, because uh you nice. know, this is the dude. This is the dude they bring in. He's the finale and opener guy. He's the it looks cinematic, I make this shit look like a movie kind of thing. Right. Um so I had him number three, and then I don't care. It's generic, but the last one going to Coveney two, Scully one. Good picks. Ultimately, they're the they are the best part of this episode. They're the best part of the show. Yep. And uh, sometimes, sometimes that's what matters. Sometimes, fucking, that's it. So, um, I think Jillian Anderson does a little bit more in this episode. She has We've a little said bit that more. Before emotional apps to uh emotional moments to work with but you know the company gets to do a little bit of action shit and then he gets to be the company and they get some uh get some good interactions together so Fuck yeah there we are there we are so listener comments yeah. wait did you have wait who did you have you had the company uh, over I, no you had the company under her okay gotcha. i had goodwin de coveney goodwin de anderson and her. got it yeah. all right well, i can dig i dig yep. it yep yep, yep. uh listen uh, comments i'm gonna go with olivia Oh, oh, you fucker. Oh, oh, O'Reilly. The title reference, what'd you say? I said, you fucker. Oh, oh, okay. That's not what I heard. I was going to fucking... The title... (laughs) The title references the place that Judas betrayed Jesus, the Garden of Gethsemane. Who do you think betrays who in this episode? Ooh. I'm not clear what the betrayal is, or is it just the idea of everything Mulder has believed in and been led to believe being a lie? Damn, Olivia's going deep. She continues, Those who watched this in real time, was the ending believable? I know Mulder is the incredible sulk at times, but I can't ever imagine believing the ending even without hindsight. I really enjoyed this episode when immediately watched, when immediately watching Redo and Redo 2 afterwards. 
I think I would be frustrated having to wait a new series. Also, Bill Jr. annoys me every time I see him. He's a punch face. That's good <clears throat> shit on Bill. I completely agree. Um, but I like this stuff here because you took it a little bit. Your analysis went deeper than ours. That's no surprise. Because you were saying course. maybe it's Mulder. Maybe it's Mulder being betrayed uh, by the by the lie, the great lie, the lie mm. with a capital L. Um, and he's betraying who? Maybe he's betraying her too. I don't know. That's a good thought. What do you think about that, Josh? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think I guess without when I kind of to be honest, I hadn't read through all the comments before we started recording. That's why I I did have to look up Gethsemane, however the fuck we decided to say it, Gethsemane. Um, to find what it was. And I did kind of immediately go to, I guess they're referring to Scully betraying Mulder, but I think so. You know, now, now that we've talked about it and now that you read this comment, I think it could be the betrayal of, of Mulder by the capital T them. And mm-hmm. I think it could also be the betrayal of Scully by Mulder. You know, I think, could be I think you, it could be all of them. And, and I, I think if it's, I, I want to be uh, optimistic towards the show and think that they wanted it to be open-ended that, mm-hmm. you know, that you could, you could try to look from different perspectives and feel that different parties were, were betrayed depending on how you look at it. I dig I it. Maybe, maybe that's more interesting. I dig it. Good so, shit. Um, I, uh, two quick ones to read. One is, um, from my man Roger in the chat, um, Roger. just because you did, uh, you did nail this. In my opinion, John Finn slash Michael Critchgow joins the rarefied air of the three stars, and you certainly did. Dean got him in there, Roger. Um, and then one from Matt Dykes. Uh, this is the beginning of where the myth- mythology started to go off the rails a little. I think the three parter that this starts is probably the last great mythology episodes for me. I cannot mm. wait for you guys to talk Redux too. <laughs> only for that amazing monologue of Mulder's at the end of the episode. Well, unfortunately, Matt, <laughs> you are going to wait. <laughs> but hey, never say never. The fucking Matt, feeds alive podcast. I will guest on it. Feeds alive. Just you know? like how I just <laughs> invited myself to his podcast. Yes. <laughs> fucking asshole. Um, oh. We got some more quick ones. You might as well do them all this week. Catch my drift. Yeah. Oh, Carrie oh Curry boy. says, so oh excited. Boy. I had to miss the last live recording. I'm, oh, wait. Oh, oh I miss I you guys you, too, Carrie. Yeah. Got you. Got there for the last one. Um, Bruce, Stu, Stu and Seeing Eye Dog. Stu, the Seeing Eye Dog, and I will be at a beer fest. Won't be able to make the live show. We miss you. <laughs> we miss you, sir. Um, but thank you for being a part of it. Um, he does also agree that... Um, this is when they thought the mythology was starting to go off the rails mm. or someone else says, he says he would disagree. I think this is where it starts to get really good. It doesn't strike. What, do, great what do you think about that, Josh? Because you know the show better than me. Um, I, I do think this is the first big, I don't want to call it a whiff, but this is kind of the first big pill that like, I didn't really want to swallow. Like, wait, what are we doing here? Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think there is more, and I, I'm not going to lie, I don't remember the two-parter that picks up for this super well, but I, I'm pretty sure I have a positive opinion of it. And I think, I think overall the mythology is good. Ultimately, I think, I think both BP and Mikey Marinara have said that they, they think the mythology is, thr- is strong through the movie overall. And I guess I'll be a, a real big go on the ledge and just fall in line behind them. But hmm. I think that is true. Wait, so I wait, think wait, f- where is that season wise? That's between five and six. Okay. So, um, 
and the, a lot changes after that. The movie come out, the show moved from Vancouver to um, LA. There was the possibility of it ending. So there wasn't, I just think there wasn't a lot of plan beyond that. Mm-hmm. And ultimately that's a problem with, you know, with, with, with long-term storytelling is that, yeah. you know, ask the walking dead, ask fucking, you know, game of Thrones, ask like when you go beyond the point where there's a good plan, you're fucked. Yeah, you know, it's hard. It's, you're, you're kind of, you can only you're do walking that if it's uphill episodic. at the minimum. Yes. Right. Yep. The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. How many yeah. fucking seasons they have to do? Yeah. I mean, and, and again, like there, there are many, many, many good episodes in season six, seven, eight, nine, even. Um, but most of, most of them are not mythology. Mm-hmm. My you. personal opinion. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't really remember. Yeah. Um, who else? Oh, right. Um, Nicole Baker. Go. What do you got? I remember yes. watching this when it first aired and already knowing that there was going to be a movie out after season five. I knew they wouldn't kill off Mulder, but knowing there was a movie coming made this even less suspenseful. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it had been announced. Huh. So, so season five, they knew there was a season five. They knew there was a movie. So you're kind of like, well, mm. probably going to have Mulder in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> probably there. I guess we have to read this one from Liza. Because she's we a loyal. You have to read it from Liza. Even though I don't want to. She always um, has good comments, though. I know you guys like giving Margaret Scully a hard time. I'm not saying she's perfect, but I always feel for her as a well intentioned mother <laughs> who's had quite a time raising her children, four as a Navy wife, and is understandably blindsided by what their adult lives have become. I don't know whether I recognize or project my own mom's relationship with my grandma onto their dynamic, but either way, it resonates as much with me now as it did 25 years ago. Hmm. I also give Sheila Larkin props for subtly mirroring the physicality that Jillian Anderson brings to Scully. Also, this episode is almost as 90s as Demons. Damn, I, I got to be honest with you. You know it's time to hang it up when you get a whole comment about Margaret Scully. <laughs> <laughs> That's our jump the shark We've moment. we the depths of X-Files, as they say. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Right. There you go. Well, next phase before we sign off, before Hard, Had, Hard Harry signs off, is uh, is talking about some monsters. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld. Can you believe that exists? <laughs> the Monster Mash. Yeah, like people wrote. Somebody wrote this. Yeah, that was a different time. I think this has come up before at some point. Yeah, I, like, I think I said d- it. Different on, time on in life where you're like, it'd be different, fun. Different stuff. It'd be fun. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> anyway. But yeah, uh, once again, thank you to Mikey Marinara for our mm-hmm. uh, our third and sadly possibly final March Madness. Unless, you know, we do something uh, just in the community down the road. But uh, we did, we've done, uh, we've done top x-files episodes we've done bottom x-files episodes and uh now we the final one here is top x-files monsters 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 so scary scary monsters scary so Um, let me see do i have let me just make sure i i think i got the initial email and the reason i want that is because i want the dossier the dossier was dope as fuck. It that is on the Facebook radical. page somewhere, right? 
Mm-hmm. I, but I think it's buried. That it, it it was posted to the Facebook page, I believe. But I think it it must just be buried further it down is, there but somewhere. I, but he sent it as an attachment at some mm-hmm. point. Uh, let me see. Da-da-da. I'm just saying. I hope I hope the listeners got to to check it out. Yeah, it's pinned though. He he. I gave him the ability to pin shit. So I think Ooh. he pinned a bunch of shit, which is cool. Okay. But um. Oh no, he's not. It's not in the share drive. What's the problem here? But he uh, he listed lots of people. Um. Which is pretty cool, but it, it ultimately was uh, came down to four. It was no came down to because four. it's a PDF. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. Um, it came down to four, but that, those four were ultimately chosen by the listeners. So the listeners, yeah. Uh, we will find. Um, I will find a way. I will do this, um, Mikey, to find a way because it's very cool to kind of post the overall. Um, whether I got to take JPEGs or something, I'll get it up there. Um. And uh, it was a bracket, and you guys voted as the Marsh Madness has always done. Um, you know, pinning, pitting monster versus monster, and uh, saw who came out on top. And uh, Dean, yep. shall we reveal the final four? <laughs> yes, number four. Do you want to do number four? Yeah, um, I will say this was the biggest surprise to me. Me too. Uh, of the top four, this is the one that man, I. I I'm surprised this cracked the top, the sweet 16. Yeah, it's wild. Mm -hmm. Why do you suppose? What, like, I I don't, wait, what do you, what do you think? I think a lot of it's about the actor. Me too. Yeah, he's he's fucking great, right? So, um. I don't know, man. It's a fucking fun episode. I I really dig that out. Yes. It's fun. It was also fun to kind of tease the episode a little, but I dug it. Yeah. Oh boy. I heart Josh in the chat. Mr. Galloway coming in late, <laughs> missed the beginning of the episode and goes, wait, what is all this crazy talk about last episode? Yes. Yes. This is the truth. <laughs> oh boy. Um, okay. So number four, by your votes, um, D P O Darren D-P-O. Peter Oswald. <laughs> Dude, you know, when they throw in a fucking middle name, that's a rap. <laughs> You're either a serial killer or, or a historical figure. Perhaps a philosopher or just a good, a good X-Files, um, one weaker, uh, played by Giovanna Ribisi. This is back in, uh, season three, episode three. Mm. And, um, I will say, I think one thing that made, made the March Madness Monster Mash cool is that we didn't, you know, by we, <laughs> I mean Mike, um, he didn't put a lot of constraints on people about like, what are we doing? Is it, is it scariest? Is it best? Is it favorite? Yeah, I, is I it, prefer interpretation too. So right. I, I love that. You know, it's not what monster would win. It was just, it was just kind of totally subjective. These are the monsters that are head to head. You pick them. That's so it. yeah. So DPO, Darren, Peter Oswald, um, like it, this was a big surprise to me, man. Why surprise. do you think, why do you think he hit the top four? Cause he shoots lightning and that's fucking rad. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's part of it. Dude, I don't know if if you ever watch these Instagram videos, or if you ever had the pleasure of being near a lightning strike that didn't kill you or maim someone you love or burn a house down. It is the most. I talk about this like this is like um uh, this is like a D and D thing too. Like the idea of a lightning bolt going off, like that's it. Everyone's on their belly. Like the sheer power and explosiveness of lightning bolts is so horrifying. That one lightning bolt, and that's it. Everyone leaves. Everyone routes. Everyone runs away. Everybody flees. <laughs> so there's that. I mean, 
It's directed really well. Um, they did a good job with the lightning effects, if I recall, which is in it. That's just such a super primal thing. Like lightning yeah. strikes her. It so speaks to our our primal nature. And to the idea that he could wield them and the fact that he wielded them with his emo attitude is also kind of neat. And you know, Jack Blackton, it's kind of funny. And I don't know. I think yeah. it was a, it was a memorable episode. You got um, Jack Black and Giovanni Rabisi as unknowns. Yeah. Like, what's more '90s than that? And they're in a fucking arcade. Yeah. And I think, and I think the episode is good enough to propel this guy, this this particular quote monster into the into the upper echelons. Yeah. Mm. And I think it, it, it walks a good line. And as Moxie says, the performance, yeah, Rabisi's fucking it's great. Really man. good. I think it's a cool. Um, it's a cool combination that the character kind of ultimately comes with of he's definitely, he's definitely a sympathetic monster, quote unquote monster in a lot of ways. Like you do mm-hmm. feel bad for him, but he is also a monster. Like this isn't a straight up, like, you know, Oh, you know, really he's just misunderstood. No, no, he fucking <laughs> just straight up murders people. Uh, he's kind yep. of a, maybe a bad person, maybe, but like you feel bad, bad for him. So I think that's a cool line to walk because I think uh, the majority go one way or the other. The, the majority are you, you you lean into the feeling sympathetic form and you're supposed to, mm-hmm. or you really want to make them scary and monstrous. I think this is kind of a neat shot down the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy that though. Like over guys like Encanto, over guys like I mean the Fluke Man, over Luther Lee Boggs. Think about the people. And obviously the way the bracket shakes out, he might not have to face some of them. Mm. But still, man, those are heavy hitters. Great episodes. So I don't know. It's Yeah. It's crazy. Um, actually, let me look at, uh, it's funny because I had it half filled out. I'm looking at. Um, his path. His his path. Um, went over Wayne. Uh, beat Preacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he beat, I, th- I think it was Big who Big Blue, I think came out. That was okay. that was kind of a surprise. Big Blue. I thought that was a fucking <laughs> kind of a. To, to be fair, I will say this. Maybe the maybe the weakest fucking bracket. You know, he's coming out of the Northeast. He's coming, coming out of out a weak. Yeah, coming yeah. out of a weak weaker division. He's coming out but, of the middle of the country where they're big and slow. <laughs> figured, he's not from the Southeast. <laughs> I, do you mean white? You're talking about white people, right? <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah, where, where you have white receivers and shit like that. Um, Big Blue, I thought, you know, that's a fan favorite, you know, mm-hmm. but no, but no, nah, DPO I'd, coming out there. Because the episode was too weak, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that could be part of it. Even though it's enjoyable. I think sure. that definitely is going to play a factor in how people perceive these monsters. Yeah. Good question from Olivia. Uh, wouldn't you just wear a rubber suit to take on DPO though? <laughs> okay. Would you be like, are you invulnerable to lightning if like you have like a thin layer of rubber under your feet? I'm not sure. I think if he rips a lightning bolt past your face and blows <laughs> up think... a tree, you're going to be deaf and blind and be like, okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. No, I'm you not into this. Can't claim that you weren't grounded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's our number three uh, or number four. Uh, you want to introduce our number three? Sure. Number three is the pusher, baby. The pusher. I I mean, this comes as no surprise to me. DPO is a surprise, but pusher, not a surprise. Because it's horrifying that this this type of bad guy, right? Somebody who Mm. can tell you to do things makes everyone around you a threat, but not an imminent threat, a possible threat. 
And I think that's horrifying. And you can be a threat to yourself. Like not just there's a threat, there's not just there's a threat external, but you can be betray yourself. You can do something horrific. And and I think we talked about this. Is it, is it puppetry or is it a fugue state? Right. And I think we determined it was puppetry. Like, so you are, you're a passenger in your body watching your, watching you do shit, which must be horrifying. I think that's completely horrifying. Yep. Yeah. Terrible. I think, I mean, there there is a extra horrific level of that. Um, and I, as you said, I think probably to, to even sniff the final four, it's got to be a strong episode. Pusher is a very strong episode. And, um, the, sorry, the character's name is Robert Wiseden. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The actor's name is Robert Wiseden. Robert Patrick Modell, right? Another middle name. Another middle name we got to show. Another middle name. He, he is the, um, the man in question. Some horrific moments. Dude, that, that FBI agent that fucking self immolates. That's so sick. Sticks with you. Mm -hmm. That sticks with you. Mulder, this is foreshadowing for Mulder's eventual suicide. Gun to his head, right? Yep. Glendy's tagging out of the chat. Like, I just uh, want to say goodbye and thank you for, oh, thank take you for it listening easy, and participating. Um, um, thanks yeah, for stopping and, and by. Hope you have a good day. Performance, right? That's another part of it. You've got, you got to be a strong performance to make the Final Four, and it's fucking super strong. And we talked a lot about Robert Wiseden. Yes. Like, I think he, uh, it's a Rob Bowman joint. So, I mean, what do do? But yeah. I think, uh, I think we jokingly, he kind of looks like shitty Sam Neill, but he crushes it, dude. Like he does a really <laughs> good job as the pusher. And yeah. I think that's just the loss, losing control of ourselves. I mean, that's like the werewolf metaphor. That's, it's a horrifying prospect to us as people, mm-hmm. like in doing something completely regrettable. And I don't just mean the walk of shame, holding your fucking pumps in your hand. I'm talking like... <laughs> Like, oh my God, you wake up bathed in blood type of shit. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, the, that's the winning, that's the one, two, three punch combo is like the, having a power that is truly like awe or fear inspiring, right? Whether it's yeah, fucking sure. lightning or compelling you beyond your, your ability, especially, especially the, that passenger aspect. I think you brought that up in the original last, uh, original episode, just the question mm-hmm. of how, how it worked in a practical level, which really makes it way more horrific to think that you're sitting back there like watching. Um, for sure. And, uh, yeah, then performance and, and overall episode quality. Yeah. Um, especially man, that, that, that final showdown with Mulder at the, at the end of that app is so fucking good. Mm. God, that's fucking dope. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that brings us to number fucking number two. Number tombs. <laughs> I will. So if uh, this was, I I would say the number one. This was the number one. See, you knew he was going to be there, right? He's like Duke. You're like, all right, they're going to probably be there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, ugh. Yep. Tombs. I mean, you Eugene Victor. Is it Eugene Victor Tombs? What's his middle name? Victor uh, Eugene Victor Tombs. Eugene Victor Tombs, another three names. Um, Born in 1873, by the way, love it. Everything about everything about him and 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 the character is so intrinsic to the show. It, yeah. it was Squeeze is really the first true Monster of the Week episode, and and also one of the best. Indeed, he is so fucking creepy. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Just his his like that weird animalistic affectation thing that he fucking has. Ugh. I think what makes him so terrifying is that, you know, it, it's funny. It's funny that the number one 
It's funny. Number one is number one because it actually, um, I think it, not that you require it, but I think it validates a lot of your thoughts on quote unquote monsters, the, the number one winner of this bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to tease that by talking tombs because tombs is a monster. He, he has literally inhuman qualities. And, um, I think what's interesting about that is that they are still able to boil him down to a very human kind of monster because of the way he behaves so alien. Um, like his alien behavior creeps us out. We, we know something is off. He makes us uneasy always. Um, his slow movements, his very deliberate head movements. And I, I don't know, there's just, you, you know, something is wrong with him immediately. When you see him on screen, there is no, there is no, oh, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. You just go, something's wrong with this guy. Like you would say with lots of, say, serial killers. If you've ever watched the show Mindhunter or seen interviews with these guys, you're like, this guy's off. You know, immediately when you look at him, right? Mm-hmm. It's not always, they're not all Ted Bundy's. Most of them look developmentally disabled and they are, there's something fucked up about them. And they're yeah. like, yeah, I, I ate my mother's entrails. And you're like, that guy is a monster. <laughs> Like that's the vibe you get from Eugene Toombs. Like you could yeah. easily see him in a glass cell, like being interviewed, trying to There's figure something out about him. Like he's an alien, you know, he's zero, a human alien, so to speak. Zero sympathy for this thing, right? Like Correct. We, when we Correct. were talking about DPO, like this is this is the other way, the hard, hard, hard port tack. Um, <laughs> the most monstrous for sure. You know, mm-hmm. I just realized too. I, I don't know that it has an effect, which is a coincidence. But our number four, number three monsters kind of like in the episodes in question directly threaten most Mulder's life. Our number one mm-hmm. and number two car- uh, monsters here directly threaten Scully's life. Interesting too. Mm. It's, 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 it's interesting too, because of the powers they wield. It, it's completely unsurprising to me. Right. Yeah. In, in DPO, it, DPO could kill. Well, maybe pusher. Pusher might be the most dangerous of the four. Like if you put the oh. four in the battle royale, I think Pusher right. comes out on top. Right, right. <laughs> but um, but you know, it's a it's there's a masculine power, I guess I would say safely with the like the explosive power of electricity, and, and, and there's just like it's so raw and filthy. You're going to use it to obliterate another man. Whereas we know what fa- how Faster hunts, and we know how Tombs hunts. Tombs is an opportunistic hunter, right? He's trying to take down somebody that he thinks he can overpower. He's a he's an ambush predator, as it were. An he's ambush like, predator, right? Nice. He's not a, like he's not a DPO. He's not a, he's not like D, the deep DPO is like a lion. Like the second you piss him off, you're in a world of shit, right? Yes. Otherwise, right. this yep. you know what I mean? Because it's in your face and raw. Your tombs is gonna kind of come at you from the shadows, and Pusher is also kind of tricky. Like Pusher's. Of the three of them, he stands out a little with his power because it's, I don't know, man, it's that fucking, it's, that commanding funny. you shit freaks me out. They, they, it's definitely, they all have a very different approach to like mm-hmm. how they hunt. When you said like ambush yeah. predator, like, you know, tombs being just the most animalistic and yeah. DPO being sort of the most like, sort of straight explosive? up like <laughs> explo- <laughs> explosive <laughs> anger, you know, sort of impulsive. Yeah. Teenage, very teenage power. Yeah, yeah. Pusher, pusher being more like manipulation and and kind of really psychological. And then, you know, as far as straight up psychopathy, you know, Donnie Faster has to be has to be the one. And there we are. Segue right to our our number one spot. 
Yeah, because he's, I mean, Donnie Faster, dude. Like, he's the, he's the human animal, right? This is the, this gets to what you have said before, which is like the real human monsters are scarier, like to you on some level, right? Yeah, the things that are closest to like a real person, because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like, at the end of the day, you can get creeped out by a flukeman or tombs, but, <laughs> you know, aside from like a little creepy feeling, like, hey, nobody's squeezing through your fucking, your, your vents. To come mm. to your, you know, your, your four inch tall vents, but there are, I don't want to say Donnie Fasters if he is really a demon, but things like a Donnie Faster out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, what is Donnie Faster's thing? Like, am I like to believe he's a demon or something? It's, I, I guess it does become overt in, I can't, fuck, I can't remember the name. He comes back in a second episode and mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's not really as up in the air that he is indeed some sort of demony kind of fucking thing. But mm. I think in the first episode, it, it is supposed to be um, more ambiguous. It's called the Orison. Orison? O-R-I-S-O-N? Orison? Orison? Orison, is it? Okay. I think just because it's something, I don't remember. But yeah, he, I, I, I like it as the more ambiguous way. I like it that it, it's so horrific that your mind might play tricks on you to believe. You know, I mean, where do, where do stories of demons come from? Ultimately, mm-hmm. like, isn't a lot of it because as humans, as a society, we have to, we, we've convinced ourselves that surely no human could conduct some of the things that have been conducted, that, that there have to be dark arts, dark, dark things are responsible for some of the great evils that have happened. Whereas, of course. You know, yeah. in my personal opinion, most of them are just due to fucking people. Um, yeah, the people who have who whose fucking brains are broken, right? And they're mm-hmm. and they're they are human monsters. And then to explain this, you know, we we put on our buckle shoes and our big wide brim hats and be like, the, the devil's in this one, you know, it's a witch, yep. whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, Even yeah. Moxie that, says, I mean, it goes way back in time, but you know what I'm saying. Moxie says, any monster that makes us question if humans are the real monsters or top notch. Human nature is the real threat to human lives. I guess once again, once again, you know, saying what we're saying more concisely. That seems that's mm-hmm. the fucking theme. That's the theme. Um, Frankenstein, I, who really makes a monster? Yeah, it's a good point. Do you uh, do you have if if uh, bracket aside doesn't matter where they finished or whatever. If you had to stick your personal number five in there, do you have somebody in mind that you would, yeah. you would throw up there? Yeah. I think so. I think I would put Luther Lee Boggs as five. I, I mm. love Brad Dorif as an actor. I think he's fucking great. And um, for his performance alone and for his fuckery alone, I would have stuck him at number five because I think Beyond the Sea is such a good episode that I would be, I would, I think it would be a pretty, I wouldn't say a thousand percent, I wouldn't say a hundred percent, but damn near 90% it would be him. Uh, based on the bracket alone, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely good picks in there. But um, I also like um, what's your fucking name from Dion Verlitz. I forget her name, dude. So the, the uh, this is perfect because I had two picks, and I'm like, I know Dean's going to pick one of these two, so I'm just going to yeah. say the other one. And my two are Luther Lee Boggs and Mrs. Peacock. Mrs. Peacock, that's her Mrs. name. Mrs. Peacock. Yeah. Both of them Mrs. are great because Peacock. I, I that episode's so good. She just wins. She just wins because she, and she is should. basically she isn't <laughs> actually the devil, but she. I mean, ultimately we had this discussion, like what is Mrs. Peacock? Is it, mm-hmm. is it Satan or is it, you know, sort of like a, you know, upper management? Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, the fact that she just wins and that, you know, she's just this little fucking, you know, truly a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, yeah, for sure. Very, very, very fucking cool. Mrs. Uh, you know Peacock one, is home, says Carmelita. Mrs. Peacock is home. Oh, the Peacocks. Did I fuck this up? Yeah, you should miss what? Peacock. Oh, um, what the fuck is and her I, name? And I just, and I just jumped over to fucking clip you know what? You. you know what? Podcast is canceled. Fuck it. <laughs> we just What's don't know name? the show. We don't know the show well enough. Dehan Deverlitz. Mrs. It's definitely a P. God damn it. It is the, the Peacocks. Paddock. Paddock. Okay. Oh, although, Not you know, peacock. I guess, Hey, the, the family from home, the Peacocks are probably an honorary mention. <laughs> when you're talking about yeah, worst yikes worst uh monsters could you call him um, human okay you know who i figured would make the top four just because it's such an iconic classic one no n- not my personal pick but the fluke man yeah yeah for sure he's yeah, the most disgusting without question yeah yeah he's i the figured most that disgusting i would slip i figured that would slip through the fucking the pipes sewer grates <laughs> slide up Ugh. slide up from below shit in my mouth what that's what he says <laughs> He's gross. <laughs> Two girls. He's a shit monster. Man. He's a shit monster. <laughs> He's a shit monster. Yeah. Mm, disgusting. Yep. Well, that's shit. That's, that's good shit. So to recap, you got coming. Number four is DPO coming in. And number three is pusher. Number two, tomb. number tombs. Sorry. And then number one, Donnie faster with honorable mentions to Luther Lee and Miss Paddock from, from hosts. But um, yeah, uh, Olivia saying, oh, the Fuku makes her feel sick. Yeah, me too. Makes me feel sick. Cause he's swimming in poop. And that makes me want to blah. Yep. But, um, but that's that. So, um, this is it. This is the end. And, um, I just want to say thank you very much to Mikey Angelari, Mikey Marinara. And don't forget to check out, um, his podcast. What's the name of it again? The Chips Groove Podcast. Chips Groove Podcast. And, um, and thank you for putting this bracket together. This is really cool. Um, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, I'm, I, I, I will forever be shocked by DPO making it, not because I don't think he should, but because our listeners picked him. I would have guessed any of the others we talked about as runners up. And um, thank you very much to the listeners who've been hanging out with us for all this time. Remember to uh, go over to uh, Josh's podcast, the Nasty Grand Podcast, and check it out. He's got uh, multiple arcs that you can listen to already, right? There's three available, correct? Three available, One, two, three. just just recorded the first one of the fourth arc on unheard yet right but yes and Kick you can ass. hear you can hear dean in uh, at least two of those arcs yep um but yeah check it out don't check it out because i'm in it check it out because you know it's good stuff and uh if you're ever curious about like i guess you'd call it ttrpg actual play podcasts where you hear people yeah. kind of like collaboratively tell stories is the best way to to peak interest i think if you're uh, yeah if you're collaborative storytelling and I think, uh, <laughs> I would say the, if you like role playing games, you're, you're probably pretty sure to like it. But I think the biggest thing is that if you haven't ever played them, um, I think it's, it's worth a listen. We don't get super mm-hmm. hung up in the rules. You don't have to understand things. They're pretty cool stories. And I think it's a good, there's good chemistry. People that have been doing this together for, um, a long time and, and really, really care about, about the hobby. It's like one of our favorite things to, to do together you know yep so for sure um anything you want to say before i wrap this up um just that uh you know fucking this is uh this is a lot more of a this is a lot more of a heartfelt moment for me than any professional sports fucking thing is these days so um (laughs) 
<laughs> fucking uh are you gonna I put will, your shirt in the box and send it back? i am i will put my fucking <laughs> lsg media shirts no um i uh i miss uh i i will miss this show dearly um i hope to not miss all of you um i promise you i will um i want to do stuff in the community um don't know exactly what that is it won't be any kind of set regularity or whatever but whether we do some group watches, we hop on, you know, a fucking stream watch thing, whatever those are called, or, you know, we do, uh, you know, some episode discussions, whatever it is, there will still be involvement with X-Files together. So, um, hang out there. Um, hang, yeah, you know, it's the most active spot for this particular group is on Facebook. I would advise people to go there. Yep. Which You're is gonna FBI's keep it up most on unwanted. Yeah, that's Discord though too. Um uh that was not being well, used. It has all okay. been rearranged and it does not exist at this time. Um, there is a general voice chat. People can go in there all they want. It, there's no rules there. Okay. So people can always convalesce there if they want to. But there's um no rules but now. it's anything we do, we will we will announce it or we'll coordinate it on Facebook. Let's put it that way. There you go. Um uh in in you know, to be to be very clear. If somebody is interested in starting an X-Files podcast, I'd be more than happy to help you out or any podcast for that matter. Um, I've done a lot of talking to people who have started podcasts and have ideas and given people some help with that. I'd be more than willing to do that um, for sure. Definitely likewise from my end. In, in, yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, again, I, uh, I appreciate the listeners here. This this was not a decision that was made easy. It's one I've been making for a long time now, clearly. And um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been very uh, the uh, one of the most difficult things to do is to tell this particular group of people that we're not going to do a show anymore. Obviously, that's the hardest part of doing any of this. But um, you know, you uh, often you have to uh, you have to do what you believe is the right thing to do in your head. And um, I don't. I'm not going to sit there and give people false hope about a reunion or any of this bullshit. I'm not going to do that to you because the chances of that happening are slim. But um, but yeah, I I I appreciate you guys hanging out. By all means, enjoy uh, and enjoy the Facebook group and all that shit. And um, like I said, if one of you guys wanted to start a show or whatever, I would be happy to 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 help you out or or advertise it for you, or whatever. Um, you can shoot me an email, dinalabushrikeek.net. Um, so yeah, I appreciate any positive sentiments coming my way. Like I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm not really interested in responding to more in-depth reasons why in social media. That's not, wow, we actually heard a truck on my fucking podcast for change. Um, I'm not really interested in getting into all that stuff. So, But, um, but yeah, that's that, as they say, is that. So... Like I said, I urge you to check out Josh's show and, um, and, uh, yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate these, uh, five or six years or so of doing this and I will work on getting season 10 and 11 out. And, um, and I, and I believe there's a season six episode to be released for triangle. I'll get that out as well. So anything I'm holding on to, I will also release that hasn't been released yet. And, um, and that's it. So thank you guys very much. Thank you, Josh, very much. And, um, yeah, in the spirit of the X-Files podcast, Josh, tell these good people goodbye. Truth will always be out there. You've been listening to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. Visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net. Oh, 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 oh,